Hey, what's happening? Mike Schmidt, 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast. I warn you early in the broadcast, I don't know what this is going to be. I don't know where we're going to end up. I don't know if we're going to be in this together. We could separate. We could split up at some point. I don't know. I could meet you. But either way, I'll meet you at the end. How about that? Uh, Here in the beginning, we're together. Uh, we're, we were holding hands. Perhaps your arms are linked in mine. I can admit that's uh, that's two of the things that I love when you're with when you have a significant other, when you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or both, whatever. If you're in a thruple, if you're one of these poly motherfuckers I keep hearing about, which I don't even know how the fuck that works. Good for you, I suppose. I mean, I and it's funny whenever I hear about the poly thing, and I would, it's always like a guy with like a wife and then a girlfriend. He's like, yeah, I got a wife and a mistress. You know, we're poly. We're all in this together. It's very rarely a two cock arrangement. Very rarely is there a guy who's like. You know, I would totally love to be a thruple with my wife. If uh, if she if I just want to watch her get the fucking railing of her life from some new guy named Rick, then that's fine, I suppose. Look at Rick coming in, swinging his big dick around. That's boy, I love seeing my wife take the fucking big Rick dick. That's exactly what I want to see. That's why I'm Polly. I got in the poly business because before it's like, look, if it's a guy, girl, guy, then it's a cuck thing, right? Isn't it? Uh, it's a guy who wants to watch his wife take a take a. A fucking bingo, which is fine. But if it's a guy, girl, girl, it's always like, yeah, you know, we're very sensitive. We love one another. It's a it's a poly relationship I, or a thruple, whatever you want to say. It's terrific. And it's always the guy leaning back in some kind of fucking weird ass David Koresh, the vow type of sexual arrangement. Where he's like, yes, I oftentimes I'll get a double mouth blow job and then they'll make me a pie. It's fantastic. But then if you bring another cock into it, it's always like, well, yeah, my wife thought this would be a good idea. I wasn't so sure about it, really. But, uh, you know, I, I hold on. I, I'm not I mean, I have to put you on hold here because the screams of ecstasy from the other room are drowning me out here as I try to chat with you on the phone about this thruple arrangement that I think you can tell I'm I'm really excited about. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't understand the, that idea of polys and thruples and and. Again, I'm I'm I feel like feel like Hartman in the fucking caveman sketch where he's just like, I look, man, I'm new to your ways. I don't know any of this bullshit. I don't know all of these these people that are uh, this or that or they they identify as this or that. And and uh, you know what? You know what I do know? Be fucking happy. That's all I know. I don't give a fuck if you want to if you if whoever you are, be that. That's it. That's the fucking perfect message I can bring to you guys. If you find yourself being some sort of if you if you are born a certain gender and you think, you know what, I'm actually the other gender and not even think if you know, if you fucking know in your bones, deep in your heart and in your skin, you're like, nah, this isn't me, man. I'm I'm this isn't me. Then be who you want to fucking be. That's fucking awesome. I think that's great. I think that's what we should all be doing. Right. Shouldn't we all be fighting to be ourselves? Too, too often I mean, people are hiding behind not being themselves or not letting themselves go and being what they want to be. And also, if you're going to be that guy who's like judgmental and goes, hey, you can't do that. Fuck you, man. Quit being the you can't do that guy. Um, um, this world is full of you can't do that guys. I don't want to see you don't you can't do that guy. You know, I just I uh, what did I see? There's now I don't look. I don't know what a turf is or I, I don't know what it means. It's, it's uh, a T.E.R.F. It's an it's an abbreviation. I know it's bad. I know it's not a good thing uh, because I see my friends in the LBGTQ uh, 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 community. I was going to say industry. <laughs> like they they have a factory somewhere uh, where they're just they're just making fantastic products to sell. Um, no, I don't know what a turf is, but I know it's bad. And then I see like people. I guess uh, you know. And I, what, what what did I hear the other day? Fucking the 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 fucking Harry Potter chick. Her, she's like in charge of it, right? She's the chief turf, isn't she? The chief turf. 
Remember Chief Turf? That was a great one. That was Tough Turf. I'm thinking of Tough Turf from the 80s. Um, and like now she's writing a book where like there's a bad person who's a who's a transgender person and they're the villain. And I mean, I just like just leave people alone. Could you do that? Go go write a story about a, a a wizard who grows up to be a nice person. Could you do that? Just you you have so much fucking money. There's no reason you should sit on the top of your money mountain and point out the people you don't agree with or don't like. If I had all that fucking money, you'd never hear from me again unless I put out a book and that book would just be literally rainbows and happy. Who's who's still holding onto their grievances when they're rich? That's the thing that drives me the craziest about like what's going on in the country or in the fucking world. When a rich person is like mad or he's like, oh, I'm going to throw all my money at change in this law. Why? What the fuck? Why? You know what? If I had a ton of money, you know what I would do? Here's what I would do. Not even joking. I would I would I would just sleep in a mansion filled with pussy and pizza that's it that's all i would do i would have an on-call chef and uh, and a bunch of ladies who and again look i would i would let them live there under whatever they wanted to do that would be fantastic and look they don't want to like me probably that, that would be true poly poly pizza and pussy that's how i work my business but it's like 80 ladies and they're living there and i'm just paying for them i know this sounds gross this sounds like Idi Amin bullshit it's probably bad all right i gotta go let me double let me double back off of this i don't want to be this guy all right um i i just I don't understand rich people who are angry. If you're rich, you won. You fucking won. Do you know how many people are out there in the fucking street right now or just just with a hat full of soup going, Jesus Christ, I'm going to die soon. Uh, I don't know who's... <laughs> do me a favor. If you're, if you're helping people in the street, uh, feeding them, whatever you're doing, don't, don't, don't dump soup in their hat. It's bad enough that they've got to wear a hat. This isn't 1920 and they're wearing their fucking bowler everywhere. Nobody wants to wear a bowler. If you're, it's, that's the final indignity. If you're a homeless guy who has to sleep on concrete, then you got to wake up and throw on a fedora. Oh, what a mess! Now you're just now you're working for a fucking newspaper in the twenties, as well as sleeping on concrete, brother. Can you spare a dime? No, I can't. It's fucking 2020, and you got a hat full of soup. Get the fuck away from me, soup hat! And then we're mad at that guy because he's got a hat full of soup. When in reality, you should be angry at the person doling out the soup. Holster that ladle, friend, until you can give the homeless a bowl. Do me a favor. Don't give the homeless soup. Give them a bowl of soup. You can't just give out soup. You got to give them a bowl. Bowls are cheap. Or make a bowl. Get a kiln. Fucking mold a bowl. You know, so here's the thing, man. They got these shows are like forged in fire where they're like, make a knife. It's awesome. Uh, And then everybody has to compete to make the best knife or whatever the fuck. And that's fine. Um, But I think at the end of that show, all of the knives they make should go to the homeless. How about that? Let's arm the homeless with the forged and fire knives. Let's have a reality show where you try to make the hottest fucking prettiest bowl you can. I don't know if a bowl is hot. Who wants to fuck a bowl? Dude, that oh man, did you see that soup bowl? I can't wait to put my cock in that soup bowl. No, if you make a bowl and it's just fucking like a nice bowl, make the nicest, prettiest, fucking most beautiful bowl you can in a kiln and fire and a glaze. And I don't look, I don't know how it works. I'm not a fucking tool guy, but then you make a bowl and everybody's like, yay, you have the champion bowl and everybody has these awesome bowls. And then you know what you do? You give those bowls to the homeless. So then when someone comes around with soup in a fucking like a, a huge Gatorade jug, everybody's like, oh man, pour it in my homeless bowl. That's fantastic. And look, Yes, it is a tragedy that we live in a country where I have to think about giving the homeless bowls. I know that's a that's a problem, right? Normally, you'd be thinking to yourself, well, I, I, I would love to advance the, the thinking to where we can give the homeless places to live or cots or or somewhere to sleep with a roof and a shower. Because uh, I think I told my, my, my friend Rachel Sunday, she had a uh, company where it was called uh, Power of a Shower. And she was giving out, giving out showers for homeless people. And, uh, and my God, does that sound amazing? You know, do do what you can to help. That's what I'm saying. Help everybody. 
Uh, and, and look, I got nothing to talk to you about this week. I, I, I could not be more disillusioned by what happened this week. This is a terrible week. It just was. We know it was bad. And that's why the fucking show's coming out on a goddamn Saturday. And, and not that I don't mind being part of your weekend, because we're all working for the weekend, aren't we, folks? Me, you, lover boy, all of us together. Uh, Mike Reno, Paul Dean, and whoever the fuck else, all the other faceless guys that were in Loverboy. I, I couldn't tell you. I got no clue. And it was Mike Reno, and it was Paul Dean. And honestly, you could tell me that Pat Francis was in Loverboy, and I'd go, yeah, maybe. That could be the case. I don't know. I couldn't tell you another fucking guy in that goddamn band. It's like Winger. I, I know one guy, Kip slash Winger. That's it. He's the dude playing bass, looking hot in the 80s, looking weird now with his glasses, but who gives a fuck? I'm sure people still want to rail him, and that's fine, uh, especially those 17-year-olds. Oh, that's what, you know what 17-year-olds love? They love 87-year-old guys who wrote a song about banging 17-year-olds in the 80s. Oh, that's what they want. Hot guy in glasses with his curly mop playing fucking bass in a bookstore somewhere. And that's not a lie, although not now. Bookstores are closed. Everything's closed. What's <laughs> Folks. Now I have something new to worry about. I got to be honest. I I was worried about Kip Winger and what he'd been doing. I thought he was, at least had a career playing bass in bookstores and banging chicks. But now, fucking, what's he doing with his life? He's the, the bookstores are closed. What's Kip Winger doing? He saved his money, right? He had to have saved his money. All these guys saved their money, I hope. It's like when Motley Crue, I will say this, Motley Crue cracks me up. All right, and I, I know, and first of all, let me apologize to all of you. All right, first of all, uh, I'm dating this show. Certainly, I'm a 53-year-old man. If I'm talking about Motley Crue and, and fucking Loverboy, uh, it's a mistake. I'm sure people are, and, and it's a mistake. Let's talk about Men at Work. That's one of their songs. Uh, you're turning me off in droves, and that's fine. I get that. Um, but Motley Crue somehow, and I don't even know how this fucking, isn't this fucking, do you ever get emails and you're like, how the fuck did I, I wind up on this list? Yeah, I just, I, I get three emails a day from Joanne Fabrics. I don't, I don't have a fucking clue. Like sometimes it'll be one of those deals where you're like, oh yeah, no, I signed up because I needed to get a, a special coupon for when I was looking for something in the past, but I've never, I not only have I never been to Joanne Fabrics, I don't know anybody named Joanne. Like I, I don't even know what the, I, I knew a Joellen King in school. Maybe she signed me up for it. What if she did? What, <laughs> what if that was the thing? A girl I knew 35 years ago in high school went, you know what? I'm going to sign Mike Schmidt up for Joanne Fabrics because it's close to my name. It's not even, it's not even her name. If it was Joellen Fabrics, I could see her gathering people up, but it's not even close. It's like, or not even, well, it is close, but it's not her name. So why the fuck would she sign me up? And Joellen King, I'm sure, is off having a wonderful family and doing terrific things in a lovely place. And she's got no business spamming me with Joanne Fabrics email. Um, so I don't know how I got on their fucking list. And I know I've unsubscribed at least twice because I did it again this week. This is the third time where I've just sent them a note and they're like, click here to unsubscribe. And this is the fucking arrogance. I click it and they're like, please tell us why your lifestyle. One of my choices was your lifestyle has changed. Yes, my lifestyle has changed. I have now cleansed my timeline, my entire life's timeline of all Joann's and all fabrics. So guess what? I don't need you in my life anymore. You know what I'm doing? I'm going to go sign up with Joellen fucking fabrics. When Joellen King comes out and fucking finally opens the store. Jesus fuck. How many times am I getting emails from these cunts? And, and it happens all the time. They will not stop arriving. I've now unsubscribed again, and I've still gotten it two days in a row. And I, in my brain, you do this dumb thing where you go, and I know I've done this every time I've unsubscribed. You think to yourself, well, all right, you know what? Uh, it probably takes a couple of days for the big timers over there at Joan Fabrics to get the message and then unsubscribe me from the list because I'm sure it's a huge list. And I, you know why I know it's a huge list? Because they're sending fucking emails to nobody who ever signed up. They probably have, I bet everybody on the fucking planet, what if they bought MySpace? What if that's what happened? Joanne Fabrics is like, fuck you, give us MySpace. And Tom's just like, I don't give a fuck, whatever. I've got $8 billion. How great is that guy? That guy should be like, 
the, the role model all of us live our lives being. He formed MySpace. He probably stole a whole bunch of people's information, whatever the fuck. But he didn't. He was quiet about it. He wasn't a dick. You know, nobody nobody made the social network about Tom from MySpace because it would literally be because nobody's ever seen him talk. Nobody's ever seen Tom from MySpace in or in the real world. It's just that photo, that one fucking photo he had when he was your friend on MySpace. And don't you look back wistfully and go, oh, man, Tom was my friend. And now it's at a point where the country's so bad. You're thinking, well, fuck, I wonder if I could tap that guy for a loan because I'm sure he's got some money, right? He, he made a fuck ton of money doing it. And then didn't he sell MySpace at, at the top of its value? Or even at the bottom of its value. Who the fuck knows? And then Timberlake bought it, didn't he? Because he's a genius. <laughs> nice one, buddy. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? It's, it, was it for the info? Maybe that's the whole fucking thing. Maybe I got backdoored by Timberlake. Is that what fucking happened? He just did it for the info. Maybe Joanne Fabrics formed some unholy alliance with the idiots from fucking NSYNC. And they said, you know what? Lance Bass will be our spokesperson. And Timberlake gets us the backdoor information. And then Fatone, whatever the fuck Fatone does, who knows? Is he? A, he's a guy for them, right? Was he NSYNC or a Backstreet Boy? I can't keep track of those idiots. Uh, and they're not idiots. I'm sure they're lovely people. Um, they, you know, they were, they, I know Backstreet's back. All right. Certainly. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I, I just, it's a disillusioning week. So yes, I, so I, I unsubscribed from the email and I don't know what's going to happen, but I still get three emails a day from fucking Joanne Fabrics. It's only been a couple of days, but, uh, but I don't even, I gotta be honest with you. I'm talking right now and I don't, I don't have any idea what I was discussing when I was talking about email. I, <laughs> I got fucking completely run off the goddamn rails and I don't remember what the fuck it was. You know what? I blame Joellen King. It's her fault. She was so nice to me back in 1986, uh, 85, possibly 84. 83 payment. I don't know. I don't want to run down the, I don't want to date myself folks. Oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, hi. So yeah, I didn't, I've been, I fucking we're here. Oh, we're here on Saturday. Was I talking about lover boys? Oh, that's what I was talking about. (laughs) This thing is so stupid, right? I mean, it's just me alone in a fucking room at a desk yelling about bands from the eighties and Joanne fabrics. And people are like, why do we even listen to this bullshit? You know why? Because I'm in a goddamn co-op with famous people. Step the fuck off, man. You want to talk about misfit toys? I they they all have the toys covered. Hi, I'm the misfit. I'm the misfit in your misfit toys equation. They went ahead and threw me into the mix. They're like, you know what? Let's just be the toys co-op. And everybody's like, eh, we probably got to go ahead and throw another hook in there. Like, well, we need a misfit then. Call Schmitty. There's your misfit. Let's get him on the blower. Have him come in here and talk about Motley Crue and Joanne Fabrics for fucking an hour. Uh, an hour seems light, although today's this week it might be because this week is a fucked week. Not a good week, man. Bad week. Bad week. Bad luck to be born a duck. That's what they said on Sesame Street. Um, so Motley Crue, for some reason, like so the point was Joanne Fabrics. Uh, I get emails from them and I don't know why, but also I get emails from Motley Crue and that had to be. Like I must have signed up for some. For them, at least, it makes sense. It's plausible. Like Joanne Fabrics, I've never needed a fucking needle in my life. You know what I mean? I, I, there was not one moment where I was like, oh, you know what? I totally need yarn. Nobody needs fucking yarn. Um, but Motley Crue, I, I'm sure at some point I needed a ticket to something, or I wanted to, I wanted to go. I'm embarrassed, but you know. Maybe there was going to be some 30th anniversary of Razzle's death and I wanted to attend it. I don't know. I and mean, I had to be on a special list. Uh, maybe I just felt bad. I signed up for it after I pinched fucking Tommy Lee's neck. I don't know. But regardless, I went up on the Motley Crue email list, which makes a lot more sense than me being on the Joanne Fabrics email list. Uh, but when I talk about that sort of stuff, I'm about Kip Winger and having no fucking life because this was the year like Motley Crue was supposed to go out and do a fucking tour this year. 
after they, they, uh, and look, we all know it's a joke. Okay. Kiss has been retiring for 30 years. Hey, the final show. Hey, it's the final show. No, it's the real final show. Look at this. We're never coming back. Oh, you know what? We're allergic to makeup. We could never go back on the road. We hate leather. We're never coming back out. Spikes in blood. That's not us anymore. Um, but there is something to be said for kiss being able to sell out arenas, even though they're still tricking people with their bullshit. Because again, Kip Winger is playing in the fucking, who are we now section of a borders somewhere? Just literally you're hearing, you're just hearing bass getting strummed and you get the Dewey Decimal thing and you're like, whoop, 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 uh, unknowns. Nope, nope, nope. One hit wonders. Nope. Da, 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 past their primes. P that's over there. And then you see, follow the base, follow the base. There you go. There's our boy Kip. Um, so Motley Crue sends me emails. Now they had this big tour planned this year. And I think and it was like, it was an extravaganza. It was going to be there. I think they were playing like Wrigley field and shit. It was going to be Motley Crue. And I believe Def Leppard. I don't know, like fucking, uh, you know, all those bands that should never be playing anymore. Every, all these bands that, and again, I've said before, I am on record as saying, and I do believe it. If you're a rock star, never retire. Your job is fucking rock star. You're basically already retired. All right. Your job is rock star. That's that's big deal. Um, now, the grind of the road. Yes. Home sweet home. There's a bus. Everybody's sad. Get a piano and write me a fucking song. I get it. But still, if you're at this level now, unless you're fucking Kip Winger strumming it up in the fucking in the bookmarker section. Uh, if you're on a stage where people are paying to see you go, just do it. Why wouldn't you fucking bleed it to death? Although now, I, although with the pandemic, certainly, I think it's a different story. Um you know, when I see when I see comedians are going back on the road, I'm just I just I understand it's our livelihood. It's what you need to do. People need to go out and make people laugh. And then there are people going to like Chappelle's doing those things in the woods, at least where there's no roof. So any st- socially distances everybody uh, and it's him and fucking Chris Rock and geniuses. But then there's these, you know, Zanies and Nashville and all these other rooms are opening up and. And guys are going on the road, and I guess you got to make a living, I suppose. You know, I mean, my brother's he's waiting for cruise ships to go back, and he'll go. My brother will go because, you know, he made really good money working the cruise ships. Um, and uh, and the world has changed in a position now where you're like, all right, maybe if I wear a mask, I'll be okay. Like, am I, if I go, if you go on the road, do you do, do, you do comedy wearing a mask? If you're in a room, like a closed room with people and they're social, because I mean, look, we're not supposed to get, it's supposed to get it through like air transport now. It's like if a sneeze or whatever the fuck. So like laughing, you're, you're just exporting, uh, expectorating, I suppose, a spit out of your mouth all the goddamn time. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a good move. Anyway, Motley Crue was going to go on the road and they had a huge tour planned and, uh, and they had to scrap it, you know, because the germ came and they're all like, I dude, Mick Mars is ready to just fucking die at any minute. And Mick, Mick Mars is one of those dudes like. Uh, if the feather from Forrest Gump somehow found it its way to landing on his head, he would fall apart like a statue at the end of, of Medusa's statue at the end of fucking uh, Clash of the Titans. Just he would just fall apart into a pile of rubble and they would never be able to put him back together again. And he's the linchpin of the goddamn band. Nikki's, you know, still fucking half. A, well, I'm sure he's not a junkie anymore, right? Nikki's got to have it all together. Nikki's OK. He's died a couple of times. He came back. Tommy's Tommy. He's, he's and Vince is awful. Oh, my God, Vince. And I'm not look, I'm not fucking changing the world by talking about Vince and the horrible things that he's gone through. But at the same time, this dude, he watched his daughter die. He killed Razzle. I mean, you know, I don't blame the guy for having an extra sandwich. If you're if you're fucking if you're a goddamn Vince Neal, everybody's like, oh, my God, he's so fat. It's terrible. It's like, well, you know what? That guy's eating a whole lot of shit to keep a lot of feelings stuffed way the fuck down. Because, again, like I said, watched his daughter die and killed one of his friends in a car accident. That alone, that's a one two punch. That I don't, I don't, if you're, you know, I mean, and, and Nikki has no, I think that's one of the reasons why Vince is so fat and in the band, because Nikki doesn't have the balls to go up to him and go, hey, Vince, you know, maybe you fucking, I don't know, take a lap, get into shape, because Nikki, fucking Mick is just going to turn, I'm sorry, uh, Vince is going to just turn around and look at him and just go, hey, um, 
you died twice. Like you, you don't have any reason to say shit to me. You died twice and you're here talking to me. I killed two people and, and now we're having this conversation. So which one of us do you think should eat an entire fucking sheet cake? Huh? Nikki? Yeah. You, you died twice, but that was your own hand holding the fucking needle. And I don't give a fuck if you're shooting it in the most prominent vein in your cock. Good for you because you've exhausted every other entry point, but that's your choice. I went out to go to a fuck. I literally, I ran up to get fucking Doritos and killed one of my friends. And then my daughter died as I watched it happen. I, I, I don't, I don't think you get to give me a fucking speech about how I fill out my leather vest. <laughs> so that band's always a creative on. they're always going back and forth on one another, but they were going to go on the road. And I, I remember I laughed when it happened because they had this huge, I don't even know why I cared. I, because you know why? Just cause again, as I've said before, I don't like being fooled. I don't like people lying and saying dumb shit. Don't, don't say you're going to retire to try to sell a million tickets. And then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, by the way, we're not retiring. Even though we know you're not retiring. It's just that thing where you think we're stupid enough to think that you're retiring and you shouldn't be retiring anyway. Cause you're a fucking rock star. Just go play whenever you want. You don't have to put out new music. You, 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 you have Motley Crue has 13 songs that people want to hear. So go out and play those 13 fucking songs 15 times a year. And that's fine. You're nuts covered. I think depending on if they play fucking stadiums, they would sell out stadiums, right? There's enough fucking, there's enough of you people out there who would watch Motley Crue in a stadium and be like, yay. Right. Don't you think? I don't know, but they were going to do this fucking tour. And then I get emails from them because now the tour's off. So now they're doing this thing where they're, they're, they're trying to sell like the worst merch you could ever imagine. Like, like, you know, Motley Crue ping pong paddles and Motley Crue fucking socks. Like they've just branched out into anything. Cause kiss did that. And, and good for kiss kiss made sense though. Kiss looked like monsters from a Japanese horror movie. So they could go ahead and market the faces and go, look at this. Look at this spooky bullshit. We put on a goddamn dinner plate. How about that? You like that? Hey, homeless, you want to kiss bowls and put your soup in it? Look at this. Gene Simmons has got you covered. But Motley Crue is just Motley Crue. Nobody out there is going, oh, you know what I need? I absolutely need a tapestry with McMars on it. Oh, please. I got to put that up in my living room. That'd be so perfect. Like the Last Supper. I just need the four guys from Motley Crue surrounding Jesus. He's got a needle in each arm. Oh, man. You know what? Now I want to pay Max to paint that. <laughs> I want to commission that. Hey, do me a favor. Paint the Last Supper. But it's Jesus in the middle like normal. Uh, but then he's got two guys from Motley Crue on either side of him. And then Jesus' arms are extended and he's got needles in both arms. How about that? And it's a, it's look, it's not even a, that's not even the last supper. That's more of a last gathering. That's a lunch. That's more of a lunch. Five guys. You got fucking 11 or 12, 12 disciples and a Jesus. So there's 13 dudes at that fucking, that's that's a dinner. That's a supper, man. That's when you got a fucking long ass table. But if you got four guys at a corner booth, both putting the spike into a fucking Messiah's arms, that's just a lunch. That's just a fucking drug lunch. Let's have a drug lunch with Motley Crue and Jesus. Uh, boy, do I want to have a cable access show called Drug Lunch with Motley Crue and Jesus. God damn it. That'd be perfect. And then I'll have my co-host be a young gentleman named Jesus. And we can do the double meaning, the double entendre, if you will. It's not really a double entendre. It's more of a double meaning. No, it's not even a double meaning. It's just a guy named Jesus hosting a show about Jesus. And Motley Crue taking the spike. It's a fucked up week, folks. I, uh, I, 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 I think, uh, and look, because here's the deal. I fought this off like, I, you know, I, and I said last week, yes, yeah, Thursday. Yes, I know. And the people who've been who are very kind to me are like, hey, you were really because I here's here's how my brain works. OK, here's I, I and you know this already. If you've been around for a while, if you're new, hi, settle in. We'll talk about Kip Winger a little bit more later. Um, but if you you've been with me for a while, you'll understand what I'm saying. 
uh, people have reached out to me over the last couple of days because I, I've gone into full on shutdown mode. And by shutdown mode, here's what I did. This is not a joke. Uh, you know, I tried to record. I was going to record Wednesday night uh, for Thursday morning and I was ready to do it. And I, I sat and I thought and I couldn't. There was no I just I didn't have a trigger to pull because I don't want to. uh, uh <laughs> I don't want to belabor the point about what's going on in this country. That was really all I wanted to talk about. And and I had a rant at the end of last week's show, and it was just more of a continuation of that rant. And I'm like, eh, two weeks in a row. Let's go ahead and give that a break. And then I thought, well, but what else is there to fucking talk about? I don't even fucking know. I mean, how, how do you not how do you not talk about the dumb fuck president of the United States talking about people throwing bumblebee brand tuna at one another? I mean, that's just... <laughs> It sounds like it sounds like a sketch on SCTV, but it's totally true. The fucking president was explaining that how villains are getting cans of soup and bumblebee brand tuna and throwing it because it's the perfect size to throw. And and my favorite thing is he called out bumblebee. That's that's the best part. Like if he's just saying soup and tuna, that's one thing. But if he was like, yeah, Campbell's tomato soup and bumblebee brand tuna, but he did say bumblebee brand tuna, and I just pictured the executives of bumblebee brand tuna. They're home. And uh, and look, and they're Trump guys. There's no doubt these motherfuckers support this guy. Um, But then when he calls them out by name on the fucking news, he's like, yeah, he goes, you know what? These fucking uh, guys in the street, they're bothering our cops and they're throwing fucking tuna. Bumblebee brand tuna right at the police. (laughs) The the Bumblebee guys, he's eating, no doubt, a a tuna stuffed tomato and a tuna salad sandwich. And and he's he's, he's in mid-bite. He's like, oh, at the television set because he can't decide whether it's good publicity or bad publicity because now the Bumblebee brand tuna guy has been thrust into the Antifa versus white supremacist battle. He has no idea what to be. Is he like, all right, do I disavow the president in his comments? Uh, If I do that, then I'm going to lose a huge chunk of the mayonnaise eating population. However, if I say, no, this isn't happening, and then one cop gets winged by a fucking bumblebee can, they're going to put it on the news, and I'm going to get crucified. Or do I do this? Do I just lean into it? Do I steer into the skid and be like, yeah, you know what? This is the perfect tuna for throwing at the cops. Do you go for that anti-dollar? Maybe you do that if you're the bumblebee guy. Probably not, but I don't think that's a bad bet. I think you could do that. Look, with the years we have ahead of us and the protests we're going to have in the street, if you're Bumblebee Tuna, uh, you know, you can market yourself as a quick lunch on the go when you're in a march against tyranny, but also at the same time, it doubles as a weapon if you need to use it when you're stormed by the stormtroopers run by the proletariat. Why not? Go ahead and pitch yourself as a snack slash weapon. There's not enough of that in this country. We need Doritos, you know, it's sharpened to a razor's edge. So not only they're like, hey, eat these delicious nacho cheese Doritos, and just in case you're stormtrooped by cops, they become shurikens and you can throw them, they'll stick through body armor. We need to do that, man. Let's add add some sort of space age polymer to the Dorito along with corn. So it's not only delicious, but if you throw it, it'll cut a bitch. How about that? Let's do that. Let's sharpen our Doritos to a fucking razor's edge and get these fucking tunas in the air. Let's fucking do it. Let's make a child's second grade lunch the worst weapon you could ever have to fight against fascism you could ever dream of. Oh, it's a fascist worst nightmare. It's a first grader's lunchbox. (laughs) Just a fucking can of tuna and some fucking razor sharp Doritos. Who wants a piece of me? And you got a thermos full of fucking, uh, what did I see? They were bringing... Well, they bring milk because they wipe out the people's eyes. And then you see the cops smash the jugs of milk. I don't know. Look, I haven't been to a protest, but I will say this. Every time I see the protest stuff, and I understand why it's happening, all right? And I totally get it. And we are, we are on the, board, the borderline of, this is a rebellion on the borderline of a civil war. And I don't mean to be that guy. And look, I'm a comedian. Who the fuck knows? Hopefully it all changes, whatever. It might have even changed by the time I release this fucking thing. I'm recording it Friday night. 
So if by Saturday morning everybody's holding hands and we're doing hands across fuck America, then that's great. If I'm getting if my Kumba's getting yawed, then I'll be totally thrilled. I got a feeling that's not the case though. I have a feeling, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen yet, but I'm assuming Bill Maher will say something stupid tonight and people will be freaking out tomorrow on social media. So we'll see what happens. Um, but Jesus, I, I don't, uh, I, 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 with the way we're heading at this point, you, you, you could do worse than to market all of your products for being something that keeps you safe or beats off the, the hordes. Right. And I guess you got to pick a side, you know, cause that's the thing. It doesn't matter anyway, no matter how you market yourself, they're going to find a way to fuck with you at some point. Uh, but I think if you're the tuna dude, yeah, make that be the guy. And if you're, you know what? He didn't even say a brand of soup. But if you're a brand of soup right now that doesn't have a good market share, step the fuck up. Like I see Progresso. I haven't even heard Progresso mentioned. I get Campbell's. I get Chunkies. I get all those. Dude, get a fucking Progresso soup to step up and go. Yeah, man, we're the perfect fucking anti-fascist soup. You know what? We killed Mussolini. That's who we are. We're the soup that killed Mussolini. Use us to fight off fascism in your country now, America. Uh, I assume Progressive is Italian because it ends in a, in a vowel, right? It's got to be the case. Well, also tuna ends in an owl. Is that or a vowel? It ends in an owl. Well, you know what? We need an owl. We need to train owls to drop tuna on the cops' heads. That's exactly what we need. Let's get some fucking owls, killer owls. Owls are spooky. Dude, I was playing Red Dead Redemption once and I, I fucking shot an owl through a scope because he was on a barn. He was a big ass fucking hoo owl. And I was like blasting him. And then I went to pick him up. Holy fuck. He was as big as my torso. And then I felt bad. I'm like, why did I kill this fucking owl for no good reason? Just because I was testing the scope on my goddamn rifle. Uh, that's probably one of the reasons why I got buried into the mountains and I got a bad fucking funeral. I played as a bad guy. I didn't want to play as a bad guy. Then I tried to play as a bad, a good guy, and it was kind of fucking boring. You're just being nice to everybody. Hey, mister! And everybody's fucking shooting at you, and you're trying to run away. Tough week. Not a good week. Nobody knows what the fuck is happening. Fucking... Idiot says he's not going to leave if there's a fucking election that doesn't prove it and that people are fighting and that Ginsburg dies and just like what? And Ginsburg dying means they won. We know this, right? Everybody knows this. And uh, at some point, like I think today, uh, well, tomorrow, it's it's Friday night. So today you're hearing it. But but he's naming. <laughs> let's, let's put it this way. A woman that I've heard referred to as the female Scalia. Um. I'm going to say that's a bad thing for a lot of people in this country. Some people love Scalia, certainly. I mean, there are some people who enjoy hating everyone, and that's fine. Nothing wrong with that, I suppose, if that's what your predisposition is. Like I said, if you're rich, I don't know why you hate anybody. If you're rich, you should just, you should just, if I was rich, I I, I, I might even rub it in. Like, I'd be like the joker with that pile of money. I'd just set it on fire, and I'd beam it on a closed circuit and just go, look at this. I just burned all this fucking money, but I'm still rich. Take that, poor people. Or make it a game show. Make it that kind of thing where you just give out the address. You go, hey, in this warehouse, there's a pile of cash. Now, it's going to burn in about an hour. If you can find it, though, scoop up as much as you want. See, that's what the fucking rich are missing here. Instead of being nefarious and trying to steal this country by these fucking terms, just turn this entire country into a big fucking game show. There's enough people you could get to do it. I mean, like, you know, I love the UFC. I love fights. All right. I, lo- I have to admit it. Well, let's put it this way. I love fights. I love mixed martial arts. The UFC is is fucking awful because it's run by Dana White, who I admit I liked in the beginning. But now he has. I'm not a fan. All right. And, and you don't need to hear why. Whatever the fuck. He's just he's. He portrays himself as tough, which is always a drag. You know what I mean? Anytime some guy is able to talk tough to fighters, you're like, I wish the fighters would beat his ass. That would be pretty cool. It was like when you watch old movies about slavery and there'd be some skinny white guy and he'd be like, hey there, N-word, go ahead and do this. And then the N-word would be uh, looking at him. Well, not the N-word, but the guy that he called the N-word would look at him and be like, well, 
excuse me. Uh, he probably wouldn't say excuse me because he then he get the whip. But I'm saying the overseer was always like some skinny guy, and then you get Jim Brown. Uh, who'd be ready to beat his ass. He'd be rooting the whole movie for Jim Brown to beat his ass. Just beat the fuck out of this guy. Just beat the fuck out of this guy. And that's how you feel watching the UFC because, you know, Dana White gets to talk tough and call and tell guys they're pussies and say they don't fight and they should retire. And you're just like, well, I wish Tyron Woodley would just smash you. Like literally just fucking tune you up. So you quit talking about him and calling him a fucking terrible fighter. And look, has Tyron Woodley had three terrible outings in a row? He has. Has he lost 15 rounds in a row? No exaggeration. He has. That's three fights, five round fights. He's lost all five rounds in each three, uh, each of the three fights. And now, uh, and Dana's like, well, he should retire. And it's like, well, no, you, you probably don't get to tell a guy that he should retire. I mean, people can think that and speculate it, but maybe as the owner of the company, you don't get to go out and say retire because what, all you're doing is saying, we don't want to pay you anymore. Now, if you want to fire him and just say, Hey, that's fine. You should go. Then that's cool. Let him go from his contract. And then he'll go sign with another organization. But see, that's the issue. Dana White doesn't want Tyron Woodley, who's a former champion and still has a name to go to compete with him at a different organization. So instead he tries to bully him into retiring. Uh, Dana White is a terrible person, just a you know what he is? He's he's a he's a billionaire's millionaire. And by that, I mean, he, he gets his marching orders and will do what he's told. He doesn't care. He's happy to do it. Uh, how the fuck did that even come up? I don't even know. I have no idea how the fuck that did. See, again, it's been a week, man. It's been it's been one of those weeks where I've just fucking. Uh, you can see it all falling apart. All of it. And you don't have any idea how to fix it. And you get shouted at daily by people saying you've got to you've got to vote. That's you have to vote. The the worst thing in the world is is again we all know Twitter's a fucking it's a poison, but you know it has its benefits too, where it can get certain people. It brings the everybody can go find out. And there's no well, there's no arbiters, which is good and bad. But I mean, you can, you can reach anybody through that, and and for them to go and and put out messages to people telling them to vote or telling them to be vigilant. And, and when it's people in real power, when you see Congress people, you see senators, you see people from the houses of representatives and not houses, but the house of representatives when they're coming out and they're saying stuff like, Oh, you got to vote. That's the thing we got to do. You absolutely have to vote. You got to wake up, wake up and vote. Uh, well, I did vote. I voted in 2018. I voted in 2016. I voted in 2012. I've actually voted ever since I've been alive and eligible to vote. I voted in every single election I've been eligible to vote in. And, uh, Look what the fuck happened. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, I voted for some of you people and you're now shouting at me to vote like that will fix anything. Well, guess what? I voted you in. So you would do some of the fucking work. What are you going to do? Quit yelling at me to fuck it. Like I'm going to solve this. This is the greatest cop out in fucking history. When people, and again, I, uh, I, I did not want to talk about this. I didn't. You know what I want to talk about? Lovely stuff. I want to talk about sea otters. I've been looking. I literally this week, I was, it was sea otter week on the Shed Aquarium's Instagram page, and I have been looking at them all the time. I cannot wait. I, when I see an update where they're going to show a sea otter and he's sitting up, oh my God. When they when they show them holding hands, how, how great is that? Because then you look around, you're like, all right, yes, there's fascists in the streets, and there's and there's protesters being murdered and people getting run over by cars and people saying, well, if you didn't like it, you should have got out of the road. And I'm just I just there used to be a commercial in the 80s. And I think I've talked about this many times before where it was like a mom and she was being beleaguered by her kids and all of these terrible things were happening. And the dog took the laundry right off the line and dinner had burned. And the mom just went, Calgon, take me away. And then she'd go into a bathtub with these cheap Calgon bath beads that formed a giant amount of suds and like 10 candles. And she'd just be in the bathroom with the door locked. And it was, uh, 
the, the thing was that Calgon could spirit you away from the terrible family you had imprisoned yourself in by getting knocked up when you were 22. You know what I mean? It was one of those things where Calgon is here. We are, we are reaching out a hand to save you from yourself. Calgon, take me away. And I just wish there was some, some sort of Calgon substitute I could find now. And I found it uh, this week in sea otters. I, I just, I could not stop staring them at them on the, on the Instagram page. They have baby sea otters and they're just, dude, they're just, they don't care. Sea otters aren't on Twitter. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's their choice or somebody else's choice, but it's just, it, they're not there. They're busy. You know what they're doing? They're just floating around holding hands. And they're having a great time and they're just looking around and going, hey, man, who's our new friends here? Hey, look at these new people who swim in the ocean. Uh, and I, I recognize it because, look, now, and I'm, now I'm going to get the zoo people coming at me and going, you don't understand. Sea otters should be out in the ocean and fending for themselves. They'd be much happier. Well, I'll tell you what. I've been watching sea otters at the aquarium all week. And I got news for you. I don't know how they could look much fucking happier. I don't know how they could look a lot happier than laying there, getting to eat constant, like, cubes of ice filled with crab meat and then rubbing their little faces because they have to keep their fur buoyant so they can float and then looking around and finding another new friend there and then they hold hands and they then they float over then they give them an entire crab to bite and uh and also uh, did you know this here's another thing i learned this week uh sea otters have the bite power of a tyrannosaurus rex and that's that's science that's not me that's not me telling you some bullshit go look it up a sea otter has the same bite power per capita per square inch as a Tyrannosaurus Rex. If a sea otter was as big as a horse, it could bite through a car. Are you fucking kidding me with that? You got to be happy. Be lucky the sea otters aren't growing. Because eventually the sea otters are what's going to fix this. They're going to just be like, yeah, you know what? Fuck this, man. I'm, I'm tired of hearing your bullshit. Isn't, isn't it? I've talked about this before. Let the animals just fucking take it over. The animals have to at some point just go, you know what? There's got to be one like smart animal out there who learns how to use a gun. That's all we need. We need one bear who knows how to use a gun. And he'll be like the fucking Jesus of the bears. And he'll be like, all right, man, fuck these guys, right? And everybody will be like, rawr. And he'll be like, exactly. But also, we have guns now. And then he'll teach. Because here's the thing. That, that bear will be smart enough to know that he knows how to use a gun. And I, I want to be around when it happens. I want to be around when he kills some fucking hunter, right? Okay, and just, they, they're tearing him apart. And he's just got a mouthful of fucking Jethro spleen. And then he's like, all right, hold on a second. What's this thing? This is the thing that's been tormenting us for fucking ever, right? And he picks up the gun and he kind of looks at it. And he actually does the thing where he looks down the barrel. And another guy's like, no, don't. But he doesn't realize this guy's got it all together. He's been waiting for this moment. And he flips it around and he doesn't know what to do yet. Okay, he doesn't know what to do yet. But over the course of weeks, he's got it in his he's got it in his fucking uh, cave and he's looking at it, he's flipping around. And all of a sudden then he realizes, you know, oh, wait a minute. Well, there's some way he tries to realize how to he like pushes on it. He's trying to figure out how to use it. And then he realizes what the trigger's for. And then he puts his bear paw around it and he pulls the trigger. And they're in a cave, by the way, they're not outside. And it's just this fucking huge noise, like a gunshot. And it echoes and all the other bears are like, fuck, dude, what the fuck, man? We're trying to sleep. And he's just got wide eyed and he looks and he goes, fellas, things are about to change. And then he gets all the bears together and he's like, all right, here's what we need to do. And he shows them all. He trains them because that's the thing. He's not crazy. He's not dumb. It takes him weeks to figure it out. But then when he finally figures it out, he realizes, you know what? I can't rush this. 
I can't be the only one who knows how to use one of these things. And that bear then fucking talks to the other bears. And he's like, all right, check this out. And he shows them, man. He shows them how to fucking pull a trigger. And it would have stopped there. The bears would have been like, oh, man, we got this one gun and whatever. But then they're like, you know what we need to do? Let's lie and wait. Let's fucking eat some hunters and then steal more boomsticks or whatever the fuck and kill everybody. And they're like, you know what? Is that a good plan? Yeah, we'll fight back. I'm tired of being rugs. Aren't you guys tired of being fucking rugs? Let's fight back against these motherfuckers. And then Jesus bear is just like, let's do this, man. So then they fucking start killing hunters. They start thinking. They start using tools. They start setting nets and shit like that. Then they catch some hunters. They rope in some guns. And then eventually, like five of them go and knock off a gun shop. And they steal all the fucking ammunition. And they're giants. you know. They And, and let's put it this way. I will tell you this. They don't tip their hand. When they storm the gun shop, they don't use guns. They just storm it as bears like, rawr, and they fucking chomp the fuck out of everybody. And they look at one another and they're like, all right, is everybody dead? Because they can't let up their plan out of the bag. And the bears, the bears fucking killed all the dudes at the gun shop. And then they just steal all the guns. They just start sweeping all the ammunition and shit and all the fucking guns. And, and they carry them to the woods. And then they start teaching other fucking bears how to use them. And then they teach the kangaroos how to use them. Oh, that's right. You thought to yourself, well, just the bears? No, no, no. No, the bears need an ally. The bears recognize what's going on. They need to get the kangaroos on board. The bears get the because the kangaroos are also sitting straight up and they're also fucking muscular. God damn it. You see them flex and you give a kangaroo a gun. Can you imagine a kangaroo with a gun? Is there anything scarier? You thought a bear with a gun was spooky. Look at a kangaroo with a gun. And why did they pick the kangaroos? You ask because they got the pouches for the ammo. You're goddamn right. Fucking bears are carrying like fucking bags or whatever the fuck, but they can only carry a few bullets. Well, if they bring the kangaroos into battle, the kangaroos got pouches full of fucking bullets for these motherfuckers. So they have just endless amounts of ammunition tucked into the kangaroo pouches. And they look and it takes a while for the kangaroos to trust the bears because bears eat kangaroos. And it takes a while for the kangaroos to trust the bears to reach into the pouch and only grab the bullets and not a kangaroo stomach or a joey or whatever the fuck. But they do it. They go ahead and lean on it. And they think this is our plan. This is how we take out the fucking men folks. This is how we take out all of these cocksuckers. Let's fucking take this goddamn planet back. This planet used to be the planet of the bears and kangaroos. But now, now these motherfuckers. And I know you're thinking to yourself, what about the gorillas? Oh, dude, they're going to totally rope in the gorillas. But first they get the kangaroos because of the pouches. And also the gorillas are kind of obstinate. The gorillas also, they've got it sweeter than the bears. Nobody's really out hunting gorillas. Well, I guess they are. I guess fucking poachers and shit like that. Ooh, actually, that's a much better idea. Hold on. You've enlightened me. I apologize. I dismissed your complaints out of hand. And yet I double back. I circle back and I tell you, you're smarter than I am. They get word across the pond to the gorillas. And they send this bear on a fucking raft. He floats over to fucking Africa or whatever the fuck, wherever their poachers are and they're stealing dudes. And they roll in and they're like, ah, man, we got to teach the gorillas how to use guns. So then they fucking set traps for the poachers over there. Where will this start? Will it start in America? Will it start in the in the subcontinent? I don't know. Where will the rise of the bears, gorillas and kangaroos start? I don't know, but I want it to happen. Please happen. Eventually, here's what they need to do. You ever see those movies where like the fucking maximum overdrive where the cars are mad? Cars get mad and they try to kill us. And everybody's like, what? Or like, and you know, and even a Terminator where they're like, oh no, fucking uh, uh, the machines are crazy and angry and these robots are going to kill us. And everybody's like, oh yeah, you know, AI. Like I just saw this week, there's a giant fucking transformer in Japan. Did you see that fucking dude? A Gundam or whatever the fuck it's called. He just, he just looks like an Optimus Prime and he's fucking 60 feet tall and he walks. And people were like, this is scary as fuck. And I'm like, yes, it is kind of scary as fuck. But there's a lot of other scary things. Like if someone learns how to talk to spiders and get them to kill everybody, there's a lot more fucking spiders than there are 60 foot Gundams in the goddamn world. I need to become a Dr. Doolittle who trains the animals to be mean. 
See, that's the promise. Dr. Doolittle was all like, oh, I can talk to the animals. And it was stuff like, hey, rabbit, how are you this morning? And he's like, well, I don't know. I don't feel so good. I got a bad rabbit back. And Doodle's like, that's fine and dandy and jovial. And here is some cheese. And he's like, I'm not a fucking mouse. I'm a rabbit. And Doodle's like, oh, I'm sorry. Here's a carrot. He's like, all right, I will let you live. And then he fucking hops his leapus ass into the underbrush and chokes down a Doolittle carrot, which is totally fine. But if you get a Dr. Doolittle who's like a fucking, like the Malcolm X who, who decides that he's going to fucking by any means necessary, these animals into taking over. Like remember with Willard with Ben, when Willard had the fucking rats. Now we go the other way. We need a Dr. Doolittle fucking, you know, I get a feeling that I advanced this concept before. Have I, have I been a guy? Is this in my subconscious? Cause again, these shows, as you know, we're talking at the speed of my head somewhere deep in the recesses of my head. I want the animal kingdom to take over this planet. Don't I don't, don't I root for the end of mankind at the hands of the animals? Uh, because that's the plan is, you know, we need to get on board with the dogs. That's, that is the key right there. And I love dogs and I love cats. I, I want one so bad or two. I don't care. I want to be, uh, loved unconditionally, unequivocally by some animal who I will just feed all day. I saw a fat cat on the fucking internet. His name was lasagna. And they're like, this cat weighs 29 and a half pounds. Will you help him lose weight? I'm like, no, I will not. I will make him 39 and a half pounds. I will bring him to my house and I will feed him everything that I could fucking think of. I don't, I don't want, you know what? I want his legs to not work, not because they're broken, but just because his belly is on the floor and his legs don't reach. And then I'll just roll him around like a big fucking ball of pizza dough. That's what I'll do. I'll just fucking, and that's what I'll, oh, it'll be so great. I won't toss him in the air though. Cause I'll probably throw up cat stuff on me, but that, that I'll just, I'll fucking hold him. I'll make him like a little pillow. Uh, he can lay on me. I'll lay on him 30 pounds. Jesus. That'd be awesome. I'll use him. I'll curl him. I'll curl that cat. Let's get that 39 fucking pound cat in here to curl. I'll stay alive that way. Maybe he breaks me. You know what? The further he gets out of shape, the more he puts me in shape. I get this 39 and a half pound cat and then I'm doing all sorts of lifting and shit, put him on my back when I run, put him in a backpack as I go jogging, extra 40 on me, start dropping some goddamn weight. Look at he and I benefiting one another because I'm just feeding him like a motherfucker till he pops like a goddamn overfilled balloon, but he won't. He never will. When I think he's right there, he'll look at me and he'll know because I'll be able to fucking make eye contact with Lasagna the cat because we'll both be fat guys and he'll be like, eh. Yeah, I'm probably not that hungry right now. I'll be like, no problem, Lasagna the cat. And then I'll roll him around and he'll laugh. Meow, 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 meow. God, I love it. We need to get cats and dogs on board with killing their owners. Hear me out. I know you're thinking to yourself, well, I already have a nice cat or a nice dog and he would never do such a thing. True, because you're one of the good ones. And now you think you're one of the good ones, but they have to set the line somewhere. Maybe, all right, let's put it this way. If you have a good dog and they're all good dogs, let's face it, they're all good boys. But if you have a, a dog and, and uh, you love him and he loves you, do you object to him killing your neighbor? How about that? There we go. That's where we start. If you don't want them to kill you, that's one thing. However, it's probably a good idea to get the dogs on board with killing other humans, not you. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, they, uh, I, I never spoke for my neighbors because once they came for my neighbors, I never spoke. But then they came for me and nobody was around left to speak for me. Well, that's a chance you got to take because look around, man. I get news for you. They're coming for everybody and nobody's here to speak for them. And even if we are here to speak for them, they're still taking everybody. So we've got to fight back somehow. And the way I say to do it is by arming the bears, arm the bears, arm the kangaroos, arm the gorillas. Uh, maybe we can do, what can we do with elephants? They can't shoot guns, but they're just fucking gigantic. They're just mowing dudes down. Why would you even kill an elephant? It, it, it's just, Killing an elephant is the fucking most chicken shit thing I could ever imagine. When you say hear about those guys, they're like, no, we need them for their tusks. Fuck you. Elephants are majestic. 
you see an elephant in the underbrush and he doesn't see, but like even at the zoo, when you see them, you're just like, God damn, shooting an elephant is like shooting a building. That's like going, you know what? I got to bag me a skyscraper. Leave that fucking thing alone. Giraffe too. Giraffe is so different looking, so strange. It's almost alien in its shape. And look, I'm a guy who eats octopus. I get it. I shouldn't be that guy. I eat crab and shrimp and octopus. I eat meat. I eat beef. Uh, arm the cows. That's fine. I deserve to get an ass open. If it means, look, if it will end fascism, I will become a vegan. I don't give a fuck. I, I won't even wear leather pants. What are those guys? Episcopalians? Whatever those fucking dudes are uh, who only eat fish. But I won't even eat fish. I'll be like, fuck that. I'll just be a normal guy who eats plants. And I know there's one of you fuckheads with a nose ring who's going to be like, don't eat a fucking thing of grass. It's sad, too, and it's alive. Well, I got news for you. Terrible, terrible news. The gra- Someone's got to lose in this equation, and it's going to be the, ga- the grass. That's, that's, just, that's what's going to take it in the face. The shrubs and the grass. And I look, I know there's unrest in the forest. Certainly, there's trouble with the trees, and we'll do our best to save them as well. But, uh, well, but, I, eat, but I don't eat trees. There used to be a thing when I was a kid. They could, there was like a... You could peel off tree bark, and there was like a piece of the tree you could chew, like it was a like a like a gum. Am I what am I am I wrong there? I remember here. Maybe it was just a Midwest thing where they're like, oh yeah, no, you could get this like fucking sorghum gum or whatever the fuck, and chew it off the goddamn bark of the tree. And I, I never did. I wasn't that guy. What am I a fucking maniac? I was poor, but I was stupid. Um, because this is just this is this world is untenable. This world is untenable now. You know, the fuck neck is like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'll leave office. I don't know if I transfer power because I don't know. It's, it might be rigged. Who the fuck knows? Fine. Don't then don't transfer power to Biden. Transfer it to armed bears. Let's turn this country over to armed lupines. Let's do that. Let's get them in the fucking mix. I would vote armed bear. Everybody's like Biden Kamala 2020. Fuck you. Bear gun 2020. That's who I'm voting for. <laughs> bear gun. Bear Roo. Kanga bears. I'm voting for Kanga bears. Just put, just stuff some fucking bear cubs into some kangaroo fucking pouches and, and give them pistols and derringers and shit and let them just fucking hop into battle. You can't mow these motherfuckers down. And you know, oh, oh my God, dude, I just thought of something brilliant. Because I'm like, well, because in my head, I was like, well, wait a minute. If they go into battle just with guns, they're still going to get mowed down because they don't have any fucking armor. Bullshit. Here's what we do. You know who else we got to get on board? Oh, you're way ahead of me. Fucking armadillos. Dude, let's get fucking like the armadillos on board. And then they just wrap around the fucking the the, the kangaroos. Let's get Rillos, uh, armadillos, armas, armas and armaroos, 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 armaroos. There you go. Just a bear cub stuffed in their pouch and armadillos clinging on them to deflect all the goddamn bullets. Oh, dude, see, this is the way to do it. This is what we need to do to save this fucking land. We need to go ahead and just fucking tune everybody up by giving animals guns. I want bears to learn, and the bears will. They will. This world will defend itself eventually. It's trying now with a virus. Eventually, it'll start arming the bears. It'll teach the bears. It'll give them thumbs. Somebody's going to get thumbs. I'm just hoping it's not some chicken shit snake. Think of a snake gets thumbs because he doesn't have hands or whatever the fuck. And what's his thumb going to do? He's going to wrap himself around a pistol and then pull it with the thumb. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he's going to do. Hold on a second. Now that I think about it, fuck yeah, give a snake thumbs. Give a snake thumbs, give a bear a gun, give a kangaroo an armadillo suit, and let's fucking take this world back. Are you not tired of hearing all this bullshit? I tell you what, if, you, if you're going to judge somebody by the color of their skin, you're definitely going to judge a fucking animal by the color of his armor. Armadillo armor is it's fucking strapped all over you. Sea otters are in charge. Put them in front with the bite power. Just fucking chomping up tanks. We need to do that. Let's fucking do. Let's fucking crossbreed some kangaroos with some sea otters. So they're big, muscular sea otters with the bite strength of a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and they just bite the fucking guns off of tanks. God 
damn it, let's ruin this fucking world. Turtles, too. Let's put there's some turtles in the mix. You know what? I just learned this about turtles. Get this. And I know you're going to laugh, probably, because you probably already knew this. But I genuinely didn't know this. And then I, uh, I had to ask Beach when we were talking. And I said, look, you're going to laugh at me, but I'm being serious. Because she said something about an, uh, a turtle running away. And I said, I have to ask this. And I don't know if it's because I don't know if it's real. Uh, can a turtle leave his shell and walk around? Because you always see in cartoons, like when, when something bad happens, he'll like, and he runs out of his shell and he, he sprints down the street. Uh, and then he comes back for his shell later and he jumps in. There's always like, an, like, I know there's not an engine in his shell. I know there's not a fucking pantry. I get all that. But I thought maybe he wore it like clothes. Like was his shell, did he wear his his clothes, his shell like clothes? Was that like, dude, this is what I choose to wear today. Because you ever see those crabs, those like hermit crabs that climb into a beer can and they're like, ha ha, this is me now. Everybody's like, you're not a hams crab. And he's like, fuck you. I'm totally a hams crab. I would have been a Michelob crab, but it was a different party. And everybody's like, all right, whatever. And then he just walks around with like the hams candy, like boom, boom, boom. And he's like, and he's, he's excited. He just, he's a party crab. He's a fucking party crab at that point. Cause they can go ahead and just change and, and whatever they fucking back their ass into, that's their new clothes. So I was wondering if like a turtle, like even for a joke, like if three turtles could be like, ha ha, swap it out. And then they all just fucking march into a Chinese fire drill and they all jump in each other's fucking shells and be like, ha ha, we're totally going to fool mom. She's not going to know it's me. Uh, so I didn't say all of that to, to Bridget because I, she would have thought I was insane, but I did say, Hey, look, let me ask you this. And I, I don't, I please don't laugh at me. I said, do turtles, do they, can they leave their shell like and walk around? And I, uh, listen to me, listener. I was uh, friends, uh, inner circle ding. All of you. I was, I was so thrilled because she just goes, I, I don't know. I never had to think about that. I go, okay. Cause I don't know if they're, if they're connected inside and they have to stay in the shell or or if they can walk out of it and then go find like another shell or whatever the fuck and or a hams can, whatever the fuck they need to do. And uh, I thought it was going to stop there. But then she got her fingers a flying and she tapped it out on the old keyboard and she said, no, turtles uh, are connected to their shell forever. They have to be in their shell and the shell grows with them as they grow. And uh, which means then. To, but so I will say this to you. That means that their shell is like a living piece of them if it's growing with them. So don't don't stop doing that thing where you fucking uh, like stab a fork into a turtle shell as a joke. Don't do that because it hurts them, you dicks. And all you're doing is antagonizing them for the great war to come. Uh, so when the armadillos are tired, the turtles will strap themselves to some goddamn kangaroos and they'll fuck up your neighborhood and you won't have anything to do. You'll be the last guy left in your house and you'll hold a fork up and the turtles will be like, all right, you think we're fucking scared of that? And then a bear crub with a, with a fucking Desert Eagle 5.0 is going to blast your fucking head off. I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I have no, I have no hope <laughs> for any of this. I don't know what's going to be good. Because, you know, I will tell you this. I went to, uh, like, I went to the store this week and, um, you know, I bought food and, and I've had a, I've got a bad streak going at the store where they're giving me the wrong thing. Like I go to the deli, like I went to the deli and I tried to buy ham and cheese and I tried to buy some maple honey ham from Boar's Head and I tried to buy some black wax cheddar that's been aged for nine months. And, uh, you know, and then I got home and I had turkey and I had the three month Vermont cheddar. And I know you're like, well, you should have checked it there, but you can't check at the deli because you order it. And the guy goes, okay, great. The old day they'd give you a piece because now with the COVID they can't, they used to give you a piece of it and they go, how's this? How's that? And also my thickness is a big deal. Like I, I, I like, uh, Look, I like a little thicker luncheon meat. Okay, I just that's just who I am. So anyway, I, I've been getting. Uh, it feels like I should tell you more about that, but I won't. <laughs> Why do you care? Because because it's you know what? But that's the, that's the kind of thing I used to tell you about. 
that's the kind of thing that used to matter to me. I used to like getting uh, uh, upset at store. Not even I, I didn't like it. I like telling you about when I got upset at a store because I was an idiot. But it would happen. But now. I can't even get mad at small stuff anymore. I used to love getting mad. At, like, remember the the mantra of the show is I can get mad at a sink. I used to be that guy, but now when I try, when I start to get worked up or I start to get mad at something, I just uh, I can't because then I take a breath and I think about the world and I just go, oh man, what are you getting mad at fucking deli guys for? You know, even though I want to, but in reality, deli guy is working eight hours in a mask. And he's trying to do his job. Literally, he was decided the deli guy is making minimum wage to slice up my fucking ham. And I can't get mad at him because he's going he's literally risking death to get people coleslaw. What a fucking mess. So I can't get mad at deli guy, even though I want to. You know, that was the one that was that was something that defined me was I was I would have these little things that would set me off. And then I would bring them to you and I'd be like, oh, man, and I'd run downhill with some complaint. And everybody would go, you're fucking you're a maniac. I mean, it was funny, but you're still a fucking idiot. And I'd be like, OK, that's fine. But now when I start to have those moments in the store, I'm, I just, uh, I, I stop myself, you know, where I'm just like, oh, why are you mad about that? You can't be mad about that. There's, there, you know, every day you drive past tent cities under every fucking, uh, in, in the park or under a viaduct and you just, there's, how can you get mad at a guy for, for fucking you up with Swiss cheese, which is weird. And I never buy Swiss cheese. I, I, I bought it the other day. I, dude, this is not a joke. I bought like a pound of Swiss cheese. What the fuck? Why? Who the fuck wants a pound of Swiss cheese? Because it sounded good in the store. Like I wanted some real funky Swiss cheese. I even said that. I'm like, anything like funky? And he's like, well, this is aged, whatever. And I'm like, give me that. Whatever the oldest you got is. And I was, it just sounded good in the store. I'm like, you know what? I want a funky Swiss cheese. And then I got home and, uh, you know, I was sitting around the house and I was like, you eat sandwiches two, three days in a row. And then I'm like, what do I got? I'm like, I don't know. I have ham and I have Swiss cheese. That's it. I don't want... And I have tortillas. So what do I make? Fucking, I'm lazy. Do I make Reuben tacos? Like, what the fuck do I make? I, I just try to change it and not have a sandwich. Plus also the Swiss cheese. I bought way too much of it. It's not a good in the store, but now I got home and it tastes like a wet jockstrap. It's just fucking, it's just, it's too foul. It's too foul. And yet here it is. And I'm not going to throw it away. I can't throw away a fucking, you know, three quarters of a pound of Swiss fucking cheese. All I wanted was one piece. And then I bought a pound. Why am I buying a pound of cheese for a man, for a grown man? I'm not going to eat that many sandwiches. And I actually bought more than, I bought a pound of Swiss and I bought a pound of provolone. I bought them both. And then I bought like a pound and a half of ham because I was eating it for breakfast sandwiches and also for dinner sandwiches. And then I bought some fucking teriyaki chicken. I do this all the time where I'll buy shit or I'll buy like two dozen eggs. And I'm like, you should eat those eggs. And I'm like, yeah. And then I went up throwing them out. I'm just wasting everything, wasting my life, wasting money and food. Fucking Swiss cheese. Again, it sounded good in the store, but then it's got that smell and that taste on your tongue where it's just kind of like nasty. It just, it smells like when you're a kid, like when your body was changing, you know what I mean? When you were going through puberty or whatever the fuck, you were 12 years old, you played football all day and you fucking didn't shower and you were so gross. And then you came home and you went to sleep and you woke up in the morning and you're like, oh my God, what the fuck is that? Is that me? Are those my balls? I think they might be. That's what Swiss cheese tastes like. Swiss cheese tastes like your balls. Once you've gone through puberty, you played football in the hot sun for a day and you didn't shower before you went to sleep. Jesus Christ. And now I got a fucking three quarters of a pound in my goddamn fridge. And I, I'm like, I'm like I said, looking for different ways to eat it. I don't know. Can I melt it on something? But I have nothing to melt it on because I don't go out. I don't go back to the fucking store because I didn't go to the store and I get fucked because I go to the deli and I ask the guys. I'm like, because I don't like here's the thing. I, I like uh, I like a thick piece of lunch meat, not super thick. They have a fucking guideline where it says sandwich. You tell them how thick you want it. 
and there's sandwich, you know, like shaved, whatever the fuck. And then there's sandwich and then there's dinner cut, which I don't know who the fuck is getting a dinner cut of mortadella, but good for you, you fuck. But still it says dinner. And I'm like, so I always say to the guys and I go, cause I go to like three different grocery stores. And so I've been three different delis and I'm like, Hey, look, a little thicker is okay. And a little over on my weight. Like if I want a pound, I go a little over is fine. But I said a little thicker. And they used to be able to slice you a piece and hand it to you. And you could go yes or no. Well, now they got to show it to you from distance. And I'm old. I'm not going to put on my fucking cheaters to go. Yeah, that's the ham I want. You know what I mean? That just seems pathetic. It's bad enough. I have to use them to drive. Now I get him to eyeball fucking ham from across the goddamn room. Fuck that. We'll just I'll trust these motherfuckers, which is a huge mistake because then you fucking I don't look. Nobody needs a slice of ham the size of a deck of cards. But yet that's what I get. I'll, I'll order a pound and a half of ham. and It's got eight slices in there. It's like, Jesus, fuck, man. Is this dinner cut or is this like drop from a small height and hurt a child cut? I mean, this is fucking thick. Now, I want it thick, but not crazy thick like that. So then you go the other way and I'm like, look, it can't be this thick. And then I get the chicken breast and the dude makes me chicken breast and it's 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 fucking shaved. And I don't want I don't want shaved teriyaki chicken breast. I don't want it's one thing. I Like I said, I don't need a slice of hand the size of a deck of cards, the size of a fucking flip flop. I don't I don't need a fucking slice of ham the size of a fucking, I don't know, a fucking hatchet blade like that. thing. I don't I don't need sturdy sandwich meat. But at the same time, I don't need confetti either. Don't don't give me something that looks like you it fell from the ceiling on the 4th of July or whatever the fuck. I just don't I don't want anything that looks like you sliced it with a hand grenade. All right. Just fucking give me a slice of fucking meat. That's all I want. But they fuck it up. They 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 fuck up the 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 cheese is too thick or the meat is too thin or then they give me the wrong food. And then I was talking to a manager, dude. She rang it up. It was provolone, and I was like, and it was too thick. It was fucking crazy. I showed it to Bridge, and she actually laughed over Zoom. And I was like, look how fucking thick this is. This is ridiculous, man. But again, you sound like an idiot bitching about it. And then when I was in the store, they charged, they rang it up as Munster, and Munster's like nine fifty a pound. And this was provolone. It was on sale for seven. Seven ninety nine a pound, I think it was. And so she rings it up and it beeped up as Munster. And I looked at her and I go, oh, you know what? That's not Munster. That's provolone. She goes, oh, okay. I go, well, it's on sale. She goes, okay. And I go, yeah, it's like seven ninety nine, seven ninety nine a pound. She goes, oh, well, uh, I, I'll give it to you for eight forty nine. I'm like, what? well, no, 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 you won't. You'll you'll give it to me for the sale fucking price that you have a fucking sign stuck in the actual log of provolone that you have in the fucking case in the deli. But I understand she's in a hurry because she doesn't want to get people out of the fucking restaurant because the sooner she gets them out of the fucking store, the sooner they won't sneeze in her face and kill hers and leave her fucking children motherless. So I get it. We're all in a hurry. I don't want to do this either. But I'm also not lying to say 50 cents on a pound of fucking provolone. I'm not. So I said, uh, no, it's it's seven ninety nine. Uh, and I said, if you want, I'll go check. And then she's like, oh, she got mad. Well, fine. And she gave it to me, she goes, I gave it to you for $7.99. And I went to go, yes, because that's the fucking price, man. Don't fucking look at me like I'm fucking up the program here by giving, getting the cheese for the proper price. Talk to the fucking idiot who doesn't know what the difference between Munster and Provolone when he prints out the goddamn ticket. But I can't get mad about that anymore. Because we're about to have a truth commission drag me under a fucking hot spotlight and ask what I've said about the president over the past six months. It was a lot easier when I could get mad at fucking meat. I could be angry at cheese. I could be furious at breakfast waitresses. I could be so disappointed in the thickness of syrup. Didn't you like when I could be mad about that? I enjoyed talking about arming the bears or getting a fucking otter the size of a goddamn hippopotamus who could bite through a Buick. That's fun. But instead, now I have to talk about the Magna Carta. 
And I've got to talk about the, the, the Geneva Convention. I'm a fucking podcasting idiot. You don't want to hear me talk about the Geneva Convention. And yet every time I feel like I sit in front of this microphone, I have to be like, all right, let's take a look here. Apparently, there's a coup in progress here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no transfer of power. And, you know, so many people are saying, oh, he won't really do that. But I think if you listen to this president, you'll realize that the things that he says are just the vanguard of things he's going to do. And he's got a cabal of evil. Oh, my fucking God. Nobody cares. Jesus Christ, give me armed fucking bear cubs shoved into kangaroo pouches next to joeys and piles of ammunition as they hop into battle and ruin this fucking thing any goddamn day over me having to talk about the reason why Joe Biden is the Red Sox and Trump is the Yankees. And so I have to root for one of them, even though I fucking hate them. Or Joe Biden is the Celtics and Trump is the fucking Lakers. Or Joe Biden is the fucking Bruins. And I don't know why I've only chosen Boston teams, but I'll tell you what, maybe that's something you Boston people ought to look in the mirror and think about your own fucking selves. Jesus Christ. I bet the only one I got was the Patriots. All right, so I don't know. Biden's the Packers and Trump's the Patriots. It does none of it fucking matters. Why am I talking about any of it? Although I do like the idea of Trump losing and then it's like a sports game. All of his MAGA hats have to go to a third world country like last year's Niners Super Bowl merch. And we just see poor kids in Somalia with distended bellies and MAGA hats trying to keep themselves fucking warm. You guys can get me at Mike at Mike Schmidt comedy dot com. You guys can. uh, I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to get dragged out of here. You guys can uh, be my friends at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can. uh, Was this this show count as a show? I don't even know if this show counts as a show. Should I make this a different? I don't know. Turtles and Seattle. Is that enough to make it a show? I don't know. Um, Tuna. I don't know, man. What else did we talk about? Did I even finish thinking about Motley Crue? Jesus, what a mess. All right. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Why not, right? Nothing else is going on in this world. I'm at Instagram and there's a Snapchat at Mike40YOB. Mike40YOB. Find me on there, please. Uh, and I'm on TikTok, too. Although, I, again, like I've said before, I don't know how long that lasts because Fucknecks got his fingers in those pies, too. Who knows? I'm sure fucking Mnuchin's going to figure out a way to politicize that. And you do a dance on TikTok, you're going to get thrown into the camps. Who the fuck knows? Uh, but find me at all those places, please. I'm there. Ryan Dirks is our web guy. Facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Send him a note. KC Bills helps us with the YouTube stuff. Thanks, KC. I do appreciate it very much. And our good friend, David Hernandez. Uh, you know, he's got his Facebook page, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Go ahead and find him there. Be his friend. He does all the artwork for this program. He does artwork for the Westside 86 Jokers page. Go ahead and check out the stuff that he's done. If you become his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, you can go into his photos and see the artwork he's done for me on both of those pages. Also, the artwork he does for his closed group, but you can join. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. Available for you to go ahead and sign up now. Go ahead and try to join it. He'll send you some questions. Please answer them. Don't be a dick. Uh, and then you'll be in there and then you can make fun of the president. Uh, and it's very important that you join the club because only if you're in this club, can you make fun of the president? You cannot make fun of the president any other time. You must be in this club to make fun of the president. And I will say this. You also must be in this club to arrest the president, which is a song. Some of you might remember, uh, but I'll tell you this about David. He also has a podcast. What? Yeah, you're goddamn right. He does the phlegm cat podcast. P H L E G M C A T two words. The Flemcat, uh, cat, Flemcat, 
Flemcot. I've slept in a Flemcot. Not fun. Not good. That's what they stuck me in when I was on my, I was in my USO tours. <laughs> that was me, Betty Grable, George Burns, and I got the Flemcot. What a fucking drag. Uh, but it's available now, the Flemcat podcast in the Apple podcast space or wherever you can get fantastic podcasts. It's available now for you to pick up. Uh, this week's episode is, uh, you know, it's, you'll hear about a lizard vet. You want to hear about a vet for lizards? He's got that marked down. As always, I will tell you this, David is your huckleberry. Uh, you hear the household rankings around the, the Hernandez family and you'll hear about where he ranks in the uh, group of seven. I think there's seven, 10, there might be 10 there. Uh, you want to know what a McFluffy is? Tune into the podcast. Download it right now. The Flumcat podcast, subscribe, leave a review. If you would in the iTunes store too. go ahead and let them know what you're thinking about. David, tell them he's the best. Uh, he'll talk all about his family situation and the weirdness that's uh, going on there. The past couple of weeks, you'll, uh, you'll hear him lurking in the tall grass in a segment at some point. Uh, is he out arming bears? Perhaps is he out catching fish to bring home and talk to and teach them how to go ahead and uh, be ninjas? He might be nothing wrong with fish ninjas. Uh, you'll hear the definitions of toothless lion and Renaissance man. You'll get a clip of my nonsense. What's that? Yes. An old, old clip of me from the past, uh, airs on the show because he's trying to frame exactly why he laughs the way he laughs and what he laughs at. So I was honored that I was being included in the Flemcat podcast with a clip of my show. Uh, you'll hear Mick Jagger getting cheap heat. You'll hear the hit song funeral girl. Uh, so this is what you need to do. Go ahead and find the Flemcat podcast in all of your podcast spaces, wherever you get the best podcasts in the world. That's where you're going to find the Flemcat podcast. And uh, what I think you should do is subscribe today, old hoss. That's what you ought to do. Say, old hoss, you got to subscribe today, man. Uh, get that and get it into your life because you need it. I know you need it. You know you need it. We all know you need it. Uh, subscribe to his podcast before he and I are both dragged in front of the Truth Commission. Wouldn't that be good? Go ahead and honor us by listening to our work before it is scrubbed from the Internet forever. Uh, by the the whatever fucking proud boy ridiculous hit squad they crystal knocked together to fuck with people who've been critical of this and any other administration going forward. Um, also, David has a website, which is great. Uh, you should go check it out because you want to. I talk about his artwork that he's got on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, which you want to be his friend and you want to check out all of the artwork he's done for me, all the artwork he's done for his group and all that stuff. But if you are looking for, because also he's available to do artwork. I should mention that he will paint something you like. He will paint something you want. He will paint something you hire him to paint. That's the kind of guy he is. He's a, he's a Freemason. No, that's not the word. He's a, he's a free man. No, he's a, he's for hire. That's what I meant to say. He could be a Freemason. I don't know. I haven't asked any questions of the, of the man recently. I don't know if he's, he might be a Freemason. And now that's even more of a reason for us to get pulled in front of the truth commission. Uh, check him out, man. David Hernandez at his website. Well, first of all, go to facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and see all the artwork he's done for me, but also, uh, and download the podcast, the Flemcat podcast. But then Please make sure you go ahead and check out his website because he does all sorts of cool ass artwork on there and you can hire him to do oils. You can hire him to do watercolors. You can hire him to do whatever art you would need to do to hang in your foyer or in your office or in your bathroom on the wall, wherever you need jazzing up. Our good friend David Hannes is available to do whatever you would want him to paint. If you want to, if you want to paint a painting of yourself sitting on the toilet that you can hang above yourself sitting on the toilet, he's happy to do it. He that's that's his milieu. That's his oeuvre. Get this man and his oeuvre into your life by going to his website today, artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com.
but now they're gone. Seasons don't fear the reaper, nor do the wind and the sun or the rain. We can be like they are. Come on, baby, don't fear the reaper. Baby, take my hand. Don't fear the reaper. We'll be able to fly. Don't fear the reaper, baby. I'm your man. La 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 la. La 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 la. Together in eternity, Romeo and Juliet. Forty thousand men and women every like day. Romeo and Juliet. Forty thousand men and women every day. Redefine happiness. Another forty thousand coming every day. We can be like they are. Come on, baby, don't fear the reaper. Baby, take my hand. Don't fear the reaper. We'll be able to fly. Don't fear the reaper, baby. I'm your man. La 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 la. La 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 la. She couldn't go on. The door was open and the wind appeared. The candles blew and then disappeared. The curtains flew and then he appeared. Don't be afraid. Come on, baby. She had no fear. She ran to him. They started to fly. They looked backward and said goodbye. She had become like they are. She had taken his hand. She had become like they are. Come on, baby, don't fear the reaper. La 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 la. La 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 la. Have I have I mentioned that I have no power? I probably should have. Uh, I don't know why they keep turning to me and telling me I have the power. Hey, you should you should vote. That would be awesome. And then they all vote to confirm another Trump judge. And they go, oh, this Supreme Court thing, huh? You you ought to, dude, you ought to vote. All of you people out there should vote. All of you people with no power whatsoever should vote for us to give us power that we won't use. Won't that be great? Uh, see, this is why I didn't want to talk this week, because that's all that's in my fucking head. 
that and, and escape routes to Canada, looking for a way to dig my way up there. That's what I'm going to dig. I'm going to go underneath. I'm going to go under the ground. I don't think I can go over the border unless I can. Uh, I get a. I can, what if I dress like a Canadian? What can I wear? I get a toque. I can get a toque. I can put on some fucking big soup strainer mustache. And you guys got those up there, like weird lumberjack dudes, probably. And uh, and I'll bring a hockey stick. And I'll just, I'll just, you know what? I'll dress like uh, there was an old WWE wrestler named the Goon. I'll just dress like him. I'll just wear like wrestling boots that look like skates. I'll wear a nondescript jersey that is not team specific, and I'll have fucked up hair, and I'll knock a tooth out. Who wants to knock my tooth out? Ah, uh, now look, now we're talking. Now, now this show is taking shape. Who among you out there wants to knock my goddamn tooth out so I can sneak into Canada and pretend to be Hockey Joe? I'll be Hockey Joe. I can totally pretend to be Hockey Joe and then live up there in Syrup Town. That's what I want to be, Hockey Joe in Syrup Town. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Rankin and Bass presents Hockey Joe in Syrup Town. Oh, check it out. There he is talking to Burl Ives. <laughs> silver and gold, silver and gold. Your tooth was knocked out and you look five years old. Silver and gold, silver and gold. Plant yourself in front of the goal. <clears throat> I might have hurt my throat doing a Burl Ives impression. It wasn't really a Burl Ives impression. I just sang something that I think Burl Ives starts silver on. What if I did it? What if I just did Burl Ives the rest of the show? Uh, or at least a, a passable uh, run by Burl Ives. They're more of a Merle Ives, I think, uh, or a Burl Hives. I'm more of a Burl Hives. Silver and gold, silver and gold. All right. Uh, I have no power, none. So why do they keep telling me, oh, you, you can change it. Why do I, I look, I live in California. Okay. And eventually we're going to secede from the union and fuck you guys, which is fine. Uh, everybody out there who's doing whatever the fuck they're doing. Cause this is just build, just break America up into three States. Go with the Northeast, let the Northeast be their own, their own boss and let California and Washington and Oregon, we can be our own boss. And then, uh, and then all you guys in the middle can just be like, yeah, this is cool. No problem. I don't mind needing a passport to visit Chicago. That'll be fun. <laughs> I don't know. Can Chicago somehow come along with us? I don't know. I don't. I just, it just seems so dumb. Because again, like I said, I live in California and yet I'm being told all the time, you know, you should donate money to the woman who's running against Mitch McConnell. No, no, I should not. Not at all. Uh, because there's a pandemic and I don't know when my last fucking dime will go away for fuck's sake. But uh, no, I should send it to her so she can lose better. I don't, I, cause she's not defeating that turtle face motherfucker. I talked about turtles leaving their shells earlier. Uh, I wish they all wouldn't. They'd bite the fuck out of that guy. That's that, that guy's the fucking worst. Oh, you know what you got to do? You, you got to, there's a race right now. You got to give all your money to Lindsey Graham's opponent. We're so close to beating him. And, and what will that do exactly? Uh, so we'll defeat Lindsey Graham, maybe possibly. And then they'll find a way to steal it back some other way. They'll be like, oh, no, there's a there's a, a state called Lindsayville and we'll make he's a senator again to counteract the guy who took his fucking job. I don't know. Quit telling me I got to give money to these people. All right. You won't even give us money. You don't give anybody money for fucking. I mean, the world fell apart and you were like, well, here's a thousand bucks. That should be OK for you guys over six months, six months. That's four. All right, it's four weeks. That's 24 weeks. That's uh, what is that? 24 weeks into a thousand. Hmm, how does that work out? Uh, well, it seems even I should be able to do this in my head. If it's a thousand bucks over six months, wait a second, six into a thousand is one and then four. And then it, so it's 180 bucks a week or no, that's a month. Oh, I don't know. What do I know? I don't know anything. And then divide that by four. You gave us 40 bucks a week. You bought, you bought everybody a, a discount pair of Nikes from Ross dress for less. That's what you did. 
That's how you bailed everybody out, you fucks. And now I'm supposed to send money to the guy going against Lindsey Graham so he can lose by a point in a mysterious redistricting. Oh, I don't know how all those ballots in that truck caught on fire accident. The fuck out of here, man. I'm going to hoard every dime I got. You're lucky I don't turn it into Bitcoin and just disappear somewhere and just and just start wearing mirrored sunglasses and a Bluetooth in my ear, pretending to be somebody who knows something about cash. Jesus, fuck. <sighs> the good news is, folks, even though you're telling me to send money and I have no power and you're telling me to use it. And I, I again, like I said, I'm a comedian. I'm comedian Joe. I was hockey Joe seconds ago. and Now I'm comedian Joe. Uh, and now and I'm telling you, uh, I don't have any power. None. None, man. So quit, uh, quit. Although I do have power with sponsors. I'll tell you that. Let's talk about that for right now, because I've already talked too much without saying I have sponsors. Uh, I have sponsors, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Well, who is it? It's the Paranoid Strain podcast. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, man. Part two of their look now. They're, the This this season of the Paranoid Strain is a, is one big chunk, man. It's a huge, huge uh, rubric. It's a big, crazy quilt, but they've broken it up. They've separated it all into parts and part two is live right now. Parts one and two, but you should subscribe right now in the Apple podcast space or wherever you get your best podcasts to the paranoid strain and listen to all of them because they're all genius. But right now, part two is up, which is about slavery. Uh, the peculiar institution, as we learned, uh, there's a tease where they're going to talk about the Masons in the next one. Uh, there's talking about kissing a sacred book. Certainly there's a wretched calculus of urban unfreedom. That's something that's discussed. If you want to hear fearful Jesuit, get down, get down, get funky, get busy talking about slavery with the lovely and talented Dana unicorn. And of course our guests, our special guest, Herbert, uh, Apthecker, who's there doing his important thing. Uh, and then we're leaning back. We're going to listen to, uh, something about extrajudicial executions, which again, as I learned was uh, lynching, but that's what they called it. Cause they didn't want to call it lynching. Uh, but it's available now. Go ahead and get the, this show, the amazing show, the, uh, the paranoid strain podcast, not just this particular episode, get them all man, download them, subscribe, get them in your podcast house, bring them under, you know, uh, Come to this house, be one of the comfortable people who listens to fearful Jesuit debunk and deride all of these conspiracy dicks with their eight chan fucking mutton chops and their ridiculous halitosis as they sit home and they jerk off into their goddamn briefs. Don't like them. Don't care for them. Want them out. But paranoid strain is your uh, tool. That's your, your blunt tool. That will take out these motherfuckers, man. He's not screwing around. And this is part two. Again, he's got so many parts coming. You'll hear about the South. You'll hear about the planter class. You'll hear about the elevator to hell. All of it is there. Please go listen to the Paranoid Strain podcast available right now in the Apple uh, podcast space and wherever you get your finer podcasts. Go ahead and download it. Go ahead and subscribe, please. Write him a note. If you want to write him a note, here's his email address. Strain at gmail.com. Strain at gmail.com. Go ahead and download that or don't download the email address. <laughs> Go ahead and write him a note and tell him how much you love the show. Tell him, you know, and it can't hurt to tell him that you heard it from me. That's pretty cool. And like I said, I don't know if I mentioned it already. You can write a review in the iTunes store saying how much you love the show, how it gets right to the bottom and the nitty and the gritty of all of these conspiracy dicks. And, uh, and he's there for you, man. He's the guy who's leading you. He's the Sherpa. He's going to one, he's going to don a, a miner's helmet with a big spotlight on it. And he's going to fuck up these idiots and get to the bottom of everything. And he will lead you into the darkness out into the light. So please follow him. If you would paranoid strain podcast available now, wherever you can get podcasts, the Apple podcast space, leave a review. Uh, mention me if you want to talk about how you heard about it from me or write him a note 
theparanoidstrain at gmail.com and tell him how much you love the show and tell him it was because of me. Well, don't tell, no, you love the show because of him, but you found it because of me. That's the plan. Mention that to him, please. Uh, did you know I'm on Cameo? I am. I'm on Cameo. It's, uh, it's right there. It's something you put on your phone. <clears throat> I've got to go ahead and clear my throat. Go to the uh, go to the uh, app store. Well, first of all, if you can, you can do it on your laptop. I think it's cameo.com or bookcameo.com, perhaps. Just Google search cameo. Why wouldn't you do that? Why am I doing all the heavy lifting here? So go ahead and fucking do that. Uh, or put the app on your phone, cameo, and then you can give any money you want to give to any number of reality stars you've never heard of or... You can keep me in your orbit and hand me your dough and I'll do whatever the fuck you want me to do. I don't care what and I don't care what it is. If you want me to wear a MAGA hat and talk about how much I love that fuck neck in the White House, I'm happy to do it because I need 20 bucks because he's created it. That's what he did. He created a, uh, a scenario where I have to do that to stay. I have to tap dance as fast as I can. Whatever I got to do, man. I have no morals or compunctions or principles. I need $20. So send me that $20 and get me to do whatever you want me to do. Uh, I, look, I've, I've done other things. I've spoken to cam girls. I've spoken to cousins. I've spoken to daughters and sons. I spoke to a kid whose dad uh, misfired in a purchase that can only be described as divorced father with kids on weekend thinks they might like this and they don't. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking, but he, he hired me for it and good for him. Uh, I never heard a word from him or the kid or anybody afterwards. And I mean, I talked for, uh, that was a bad one. That one I talked forever. That's another thing. I, I, I'm going to stop uh, belaboring the point on these cameos. I, I, I Talking so long, it's just, because then I'm, well, I'm going to make you sit there and listen to me for 20 minutes. That's just dumb. So I'm going to be concise. You book me 20 bucks, get you 20 seconds. How about that? You want 20 seconds? I'll give you 20 seconds. Go ahead and hire me. Whatever you need me to do, man. If you want me to call your boss and tell him you're sick. If you want me to uh, uh, tell your wife that you're just not feeling it anymore and you want to leave, and that's all, that's a shitty thing to do. Don't do that. That sounds awful. If you want me to tell your husband the same thing, God damn, is that brutal? That just seems like a terrible thing. I've I've broken up with. Uh, well, I mean, I've been broken up with my entire life, and I uh, I didn't really break up with somebody. I just I just kind of it just kind of ended. Uh, I sort of broke up. Uh, and then kept drifting back. It's a long story. But anyway, I, I know the pain of it is my point. Uh, I know the pain of it so well that I never did it really as cleanly as I should. But that doesn't that should not deter you from hiring me to do it for you. I'll be a clean breaker upper for you all the goddamn time. Uh, I break it with thee. I break it with thee. I break it with thee. And then I throw dog poop on your shoes. I'm happy to do it. Hire me for that task. Uh, or if you just want me to tell your kid you love him. If it's an uncomfortable conversation for you. Uh, I'll pull out a roll of virtual mint lifesavers, pop one into my mouth, throw one at the lens of my phone and go, hey, your dad loves you. Hit that free throw, you fucking dope. And then you'll be like, yay, he loves us. Everybody will be happy. Bring me into your circle, whatever your family needs. If you want to tell your dog, he's great. If you want to tell me you're, you're, you're a bird, he's not. I'll, t- I'll shit talk a bird. I don't give a fuck about that. You got a sparrow that needs a chewing out? Hire me on Cameo. You got a cockatiel that needs to be told to go back to its own fucking country? I'll do it. That's right. I draw a line in the sand. I'm building a wall to keep cockatiels out. And I'll chase the ones that are here right out to where do they live? Cockatielville? Is that where? Are they wasting away to get in Cockatielville? <laughs> oh, that lost shaker of seed. Um fucking but no, and you know you know buffett's got high-powered lawyers are gonna find out about this and sue the fuck out of me now just re i, I, I sang one too many bars shaker of seed put me over the top 
Wasted away again in Cockatiel <laughs> Look, it's been a terrible week, and this show is probably subpar, but that saved it, right? Cockatielville? I think it did. I'm going to say Cockatielville saved it. Um, all right. Uh, and, and, uh, and look, it's wrong for me to say that Cockatielville saved it. That's up, for, that's up for you to decide. That's up for you to, to tell me, although you won't tell me, because I put out a two-and-a-half-hour show, and I get one person who writes me and goes, this was kind of funny, or, hey, you mispronounced this. And I'm like, yay, <laughs> I'm glad. Um, but this week was a hang your head week. This is, this is not a, this was not a good podcasting week. That's, that's why you're listening to this on a Saturday. Uh, as I say that unashamedly thinking that you're listening to it the second it comes out, which would be fucking weird. Uh, all right. So hire me for cameo, please. I'm there. I can make a phone call or leave a message on your phone or a video on somebody else's or for whomever, whatever the fuck, just have me get me. Bring me into your orbit. I demand to be there, damn it. Let me, let me tell somebody you love them. Let me, tell, let me tell somebody you hate them. I can do all of that. What if you love me and you want to tell me you love me? Then hire me to call me and tell me that you love me. What if you're like, oh, Mike, you seem down on yourself. You need a pep talk. Hire me to give myself a pep talk. Oh, that's going to be the, the greatest challenge I've ever faced. But yet I will do it if you pay. That's why I'm here. I've got channels that you should check out. Oh, yes, I do. Uh, I've got a, a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy. Go ahead and check that out. I've got twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. Uh, I'm streaming all the time. I've been playing this, uh, what I just started playing this weird ass game that where I'm like a detective and I got uh, crazy weird legs. And the other day, I'll tell you this, uh, because you know what? Why not? I'm going to jerk myself off since nobody else will. The other day I improvised a 20 minute scene between a couple meeting one another for the first time. And, uh, and goddamn, I thought it was great. Like, I mean, it was funny. Everybody in the chat stream was like, they're having a conversation and trying to do their best to ignore me because I wasn't playing the game, which is fine. Um, in fact, one of them thought he, he was so distracted. Our buddy Murph, he was like, Hey, uh, uh, I thought maybe that was all dialogue that's in the game. And I'm like, no, no, that's just me trying to stretch it out and have fun. Um, but goddamn, I was proud of it. Cause like at the beginning I made the guy an idiot and then he came around and then there was poignant. I tried to be poignant. Like they were, in, uh, you know, falling for one another and it was a tender moment. And, uh, and again, you don't care. I know you don't care. And I, I'm, I'm probably only saying these things out loud to reassure myself that I do good work because that's another reason why, you know, like I said, I didn't sit down this week. I mean, I sat down Wednesday and tried, um, but I, I wonder if I'm doing good work. I don't want to do subpar work. I don't want to bring you the same thing. You know what I mean? Because uh, right now, again, with our life paralyzed as it is with me not creating any new memories, it, uh, it makes it a little strange. But anyway, who gives a fuck? Nobody, you hear me talk about that all the goddamn time and I'm boring you to tears with it again. So I won't do that. But I will tell you that uh, if you come to twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, uh, you'll be able to see me playing games and doing whatever. I'll be on Monday. If you're around, I'll be on Monday at four o'clock. Uh, and eventually I'll have a place and a real schedule and you'll be able to check that out. Won't it be great? Instead of this slapdash amateur night cocksucking bullshit that I do all the other days. Oh yeah. Let's go ahead and step up. Let's be, let's be what we're supposed to be right. Uh, youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy. Go ahead and check that out. Twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. Go ahead and check that out. I appreciate it very much. Those channels exist. I'm on there. And you can see and experience any and all 40-year-old boy things through both of those portals. So please, follow and subscribe to both of those channels, and it would make me extremely happy. Uh, if you want to support this show financially, and holy fuck, why wouldn't you after this fucking piece of resistance that I've put out this fucking week, uh, you can uh, go ahead and find me at patreon.com 
slash Mike40YOB, or just Google Patreon Mike Schmidt, and you'll see my face. You'll see little Schmitty. You can go ahead and become a patron at Patreon, like our good friend Nicholas James did. Now, Nicholas has been a subscriber in the past, and then uh, he's had to leave, and now he's come back, and I got to thank him, man. That's so cool, because sometimes people leave, and they're unable to come back. He wrote me to say, hey, look, I, I will be back, and then he did come back, and it was very nice of Nicholas. He doesn't have to do that. You don't have to do that, but it does help the channel. Uh, and by the channel, I mean me. Hi, I'm the channel. It helps me. It helps the, uh, the whole enterprise because who the fuck knows what's going to happen, right? I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm eating canned soup and trying to stay alive. Aren't we all? We all are, right? None of us have any power. Uh, so if you're going to support again, this is a very good time to support, including our friend Nicholas James, who has stepped up and supported the channel. Thank you so much, Nicholas, for doing so through Patreon. You can also do so through PayPal. If you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, you go to the upper right-hand corner, there's a little Schmitty with his pocket out. It says, Donate. And you can click on that and start a PayPal thing. You can do it every month. You can send a, a, like a recurring thing on PayPal every month. Or, or now get this, or you can send a one-time donation, which also helps the show immeasurably. Thank you so much for thinking of me. I do appreciate it very much. Uh, go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, upper right-hand corner. There he is right there, a little Schmitty pocket out, waiting for you to do whatever you need to do. And also, as I've mentioned, Patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. Find me on there and uh, become a patron as well. That's a monthly deal. I appreciate you thinking of it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, I think that's everybody, right? Did we cover everything we needed to cover? Uh, other than the fact that I'm, I'm, I now <laughs> that I've now eaten myself into such a, a terrible fucking shape. Uh, I, this is, I, I, it's so funny. Uh, you know, I used to have definition in, in, uh, in my, uh, you know, legs and stuff like that. And the other day, like I put shoes on, like for the first time in a week, Jesus Christ, what a mess. And cause I had to leave, I had to go to the store and have the ham fight that I wound up having. And I don't have, I'm not sure I have cankles even now. I think I have thankles. Uh, I think my thigh just goes directly down. I think my legs are just one shape. My leg, you ever see those salamis hanging in a deli window? That's what I've got. I've just, I've just got three foot salami stubs and I'm running around on those fucking things. Uh, and I've, I've penciled in October. I, I took a break there so you'd laugh. I've penciled in October 1st. I'm like, maybe October 1st, maybe that's when I go ahead and jump right back at it. Huh? Maybe that's when I jump back into the fray. Maybe October 1st is when I go ahead and make things happen. And I don't fucking know. I mean, I can say that, but who the fuck knows? Nobody really. Um, but I want to. We'll see. I mean, I, I, if anything, just to stay in shape or get back into shape. So when the riots chase me out of the fucking country, I can go ahead and stay one step ahead of the fucking axe. Right. I don't know, dude. I don't know what the fuck is happening in this fucking town ever again. No idea. It was a terrible week, um, you know, certainly nationally. Um, and it was a terrible week for um, this week, Thursday. I wound up seeing, um, you know, I'm a Bears fan and and football season is in full swing. Bears are 2-0. And one of the greatest Chicago Bears of all time, Gail Sayers, wound up passing away on Thursday morning. And uh, just a drag, you know. And I will say, uh, you know, from what I read about him, he had been he'd been suffering dementia for about four years, uh, maybe even longer. He died at 77 um, and he, he might have been in some pain. So so maybe it's a good thing that we lost him. Um, good for him. Good for his family. Uh, you don't want to see anybody suffering. And so hopefully uh, his family is gaining some peace through this. And uh, it's tough to lose anybody. But when they're in pain, maybe there is a small amount of relief 
in seeing them in a, in a position where they're no longer in pain. Now, I, I know that can be a bunch of shit. You know, I know when people say that about your, your, your wife or your dad or whatever, you're like, Oh, he's in a better place. Or he's this. And you're like, yeah, fuck that. I, you know, whatever. I mean, uh, you, we say what we need to say to get each other through these things. And I get that. But, um, but Gail Sayers was one of the, I mean, let's put it this way. This is all you need to know. He, he played six years in the NFL before his knee got turned into fucking spaghetti. And, uh, if modern technology existed, even if even if technology from the 80s existed, he would have had his career salvaged uh, because they would have gone in and just he would have had arthroscopic surgery on his knee. But instead, they had to saw through fucking ligaments and shit to go ahead and repair what got torn. And that fucked him up. But he still played, I think, three years after that, uh, after his knee injury. But he played six years total and he's in the fucking Hall of Fame. That alone should tell you what kind of import he had as a player. And so it was a drag, man, being a Bears fan and and uh, and losing Gale Sayers. That was not good on Thursday morning. But I must say this, um, even even more uh, disappointing for me, a loss I felt because uh, Gale Sayers to me, he, he's a famous bear, but I don't I didn't grow up watching him. He wasn't some you know, he was someone that I always knew about. He's a legend and a and a fucking superstar and one of the greatest Chicago Bears of all time. But I didn't have a personal connection to Gale Sayers. Uh, but on the same morning, like an hour before Gale Sayers, uh, word came down that uh, a pro wrestler by the name of Joe Laurinaitis passed away. And uh, Joe Laurinaitis is um, better known, if you know wrestling, as Road Warrior Animal of the tag team, the Road Warriors. There was Hawk and Animal the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. And I've talked about them on here before. Uh, he was, you know, I loved the tag team. I loved everything they, they were about. I loved watching them from the moment I saw them. I was like, who the fuck is this? They just, I was probably 16 the first time I ever saw them. And, uh, they were fighting in the in the NWA and they won like the these NWA uh I don't know if they were like international tag team champion belts or something. They looked rinky dink. But then they showed up in the AWA in Chicago and I would go see them every month. They would play at the Rosemont Horizon, they'd come to fight, and I'd make my friends go. And uh and look, I recognize this. I know that wrestling is silly. I know that wrestling is ridiculous. I know there's a lot of things about wrestling that you can just point at and go, this is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life, especially now. When I try to watch it now, I'm just like, uh, unless it's Japan, like any of the American stuff, I just kind of like roll my eyes at a lot of the time. But uh, but I still enjoy it because it's just a show. It's just nonsense. I get it. When I was a kid, though, you could get defensive. You know, I mean, I knew it was fake, but, you know, you didn't want your friends to be like, this is fake and you're stupid. No, come on. But I would tell them about the Road Warriors. That was always that was always my selling point. And they'd see, well, they'd be like, what about this mean plumber? And I'd be like, fuck, I, yes, he's stupid. All right. Well, what about the repo man? Is he someone we should fear? Oh, my Christ. Yes, he's dumb. I get it. But but the Road Warriors are different. And they'd be like, what do you mean? I go, just go with me. So I would take them to the Rosemont Horizon. We would go because I knew no matter what stupid things happened in the ring. I don't care if they saw a, like a wedding where somebody inevitably got a cake smashed in their face. I don't know if they, they saw a wrestler who was a male stripper. I, I don't care what they saw. If they saw Greg Gagne, who weighed all of 174 pounds, pretending he could beat up Stan Hansen, who was the lariat and a wild man from fucking Texas. Uh, even if you did concede all of that stuff was really dumb. I knew, I always knew that the Road Warriors 
entrance alone would make it worth the trip for them. And my friends would go sometimes just, you know, sometimes a couple guys, sometimes I get four or five guys to go with me. Uh, but we would go and, and it would be, you know, we'd have fun just busting balls or whatever. And you know, we're 16, 17 years old, whatever. Uh, and then, and then even if we're there and it wasn't fun, Rick Martell is boring and Jim Brunzel's an idiot and all, whatever the fuck we're watching. It's all, it, even as terrible as the AWA was, I knew, I knew in the back pocket, they could hate as much of it as they wanted, but I knew the second that fucking Iron Man hit because they would come to the ring to Iron Man by Black Sabbath and the drums would go. And I, and I knew, and then the fucking guitar would hit and the place would go insane and they would come fucking sprinting to the ring and they would beat the fuck. And they were, they were big and fast and scary looking and intimidating and brutal You know, a lot of wrestling can look like ballet, it can look like dancing or pulling punches. That was what drew me to the Road Warriors. They were steroid-eating monsters. They had biceps as big as your fucking head. They painted their faces, and not in a haphazard, we don't want to do this way. They They gave it thought, and then they would have, like, trademark, like, Hawk would have this red swoosh on his cheek and this, 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 black fucking hurricane spiral on his eye and animal would make his face where he would have three different colors. But then sometimes he put a spider in the center of his head. I mean, it was just like they, they, and I know you're laughing. You're like, this is silly and foolish. And I'm like, yes, it is. It is all of those things. And it decorated my walls from, from the age of 15 to 18. And I had the road warriors all over the place because they were different. They weren't silly. They now look, I will tell you this. Eventually they became silly. Eventually they came to the ring with a fucking puppet, which was I hated it. They had these shoulder pads that were bigger than than their fucking heads. It was it just was not they got once they went to the circus that was the WWF, they got turned into something that they weren't. But when they were just basically lean motherfuckers who snacked on danger and dined on death and and did everything they could to hurt people and make it look like they were really hurting people they were the best and and i will tell you this like i i've i'm learning so many things about myself as i get older and certainly i went to therapy and whatever and one of these is you know i i never had male role models as a kid i never had anybody you know my dad was a drunk and then he fucking bailed and then he died and then my mom had a parade of fucking nobodies who would come in and date her and just i I just hated them all um so I had to find ulterior ways to find some sort of male role model or male bonding. And, um, you know, I've talked about how the movie Thief that came out with James Caan in 1981 is my dad. Because I sat in a theater by myself and I saw uh, James Caan um, playing Frank, a jewel thief who had made something of himself, an ex-con who had come out and become successful but was still taking down scores. And he took no shit from anybody. And he talked shit to cops and he talked shit to crooks and he just did his fucking job and he carried a gun and he would flash it at you if he got in his fucking way and he'd shove you in the face if you were fucking trying to interfere in his business. And I was like, that's a good way to live. That's a man right there. You know, he had a philosophy and it's funny because if you've seen the movie Heat, this will be familiar to you. He was like, never become too attached to anything that you can't just fucking walk away from. And as a kid in, 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 as I was 13, 14 years old, that sounded pretty good because anything that I had become attached to was going to die. My dad was gone. I had nothing. 
And so I, I enjoyed that philosophy of making yourself just a fucking rock. Could I live by that philosophy? I could not. Uh, because I also didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I, if I would have fallen in with like the wrong crowd or something, maybe I would have been tough or maybe I would have been um, interested in, in being someone who had no emotions whatsoever. But I was also raised by a very strong woman. And so, as I've always said to you many times, I'm half chick. So I I read texts wrong. I look at things the wrong way. Hey, it dawns on me. That's what I was going to tell you. Uh, you know what? I should mention that. I think this is what I lost my way on earlier in the show. People reached out to me because the show was supposed to come out on Thursday. And then uh, they wrote me and they were very nice. They were very kind. Jesuit wrote me and uh, my buddy Drew wrote me and they said, uh, hey, man, are you okay? I know you were real gung ho last week that you were going to have shows up on Thursday and it's Saturday and there's no show, man. What's going on? And I know they meant, are you okay? Is everything all right? Do you need any help? But the way I read it was, uh, hey, what the fuck, man? You said shows were coming out on Thursday, and now it's you were gung-ho last week. Did you, were you fucking lying? Were you not being serious that way? And I know that's not what they meant. I know this. So I was able to parse it out. But when I first initially read it, I, I then became shamed because I wasn't up on Thursday and I became upset with myself and, and I was already in a spiral and mad at myself because the show wasn't done and I wasn't feeling it and I felt bad about it. And then when I'd get their texts, even though their texts were very nice and reaching out to me and seeing if I was okay and seeing if I needed anything, I still read them as if they were, they were <laughs> mean texts. Uh, you know, like Jesuit was like, uh, uh, you know, he, he said that he, he's like, Hey, last week you mentioned you absolutely had to get him on on Thursday. So I figured I would check in with you or whatever. And, and I remember going and I, I read it and I'm like, yes, I said Thursday, but it's not Thursday. I know I get it. I'm supposed to be up doing a fucking show. I understand like, and that's not their fault. That's my fault because I'm already mad at myself because I'm not doing what I wanted to do, what I was supposed to do. Uh, but then even in, under the guise of them looking out for me, I'm able to twist it into a way where people are mad at me. It's not the best way to be. Um, but the good news is I can recognize it now. In the old days, I didn't. I just read it that way. And I still go into a bit of a spiral here and I'm ashamed and mad at myself. But at the same time, I also recognize my friends do care about me. They're actually reaching out to see if I'm okay. Um. <laughs> So I've, I've still to this day deal with the fallout of who I was as a kid and what I've become and, and what shaped me. And, and like I said, as a kid, I saw that movie and I wanted to have that philosophy and I felt you could just be tough. You know, it's like when I saw John Bender in breakfast club, I'm like, Oh, that's the way to be. You just fucking don't stop talking shit. You just act like nothing bothers you at all. Act, just act like nothing matters. Uh, when in fact everything matters, you know, and, I found in, in the road warriors, they were, this will sound ridiculous because they were just pro wrestlers, but they were indestructible. They, they had, they were buff and huge and emotionless fucking machines who wanted to murder everything in their path. And, uh, and, and that's what I thought men were. I thought men were like Frank. I thought men were like animal. Um, that's what I thought you needed to do to be a man. And, and so oftentimes I've acted like that as I've gotten older and, and I've been in fights because of it. You know, I will, uh, Oh, you disrespecting me. You're crossing me. What the fuck? And, and it's, it's a bad way to be. It's not a good way to be. And I've been able to kind of fight through it and not make that my 
credo or mantra anymore. And and also I'm 53. I mean, I you pull that shit at 53, you're going to wind up dead. You know, you start fucking <laughs> stepping to some fucking big beefy dude who's and you're like, "Hey, what the fuck is your problem?" And then I don't care if I got dad strength or not, I'm still going to get fucking erased. You know, and also I I add in the fact that I just I just don't care anymore. And that's a bad way to be. I don't like that that's the case. I don't like that um, that I'm dead in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, it's, it, it shouldn't be true. And, you know, I'm, I'm emotional. I'm very close to the surface and I'm, I'm very thin skinned. And, and, but also at the same time, I just don't, you, you get tired of being that way and maybe you burn yourself out and you fry your own synapses to the point where you just don't care. And uh, you can't be motivated one way or the other. And quarantine's doing that to me quite a bit. I won't lie. You know, um, it's like I'm retired, but with no benefits. And what did I retire from? You know, and I've talked about this before. You know, when I, um, you sleep in all day and you go to bed when you want, and you, just, you don't have discipline or work ethic, and you don't hold yourself accountable for the things you know to hold. And that's why, you know, Thursday's so important to me. It's, it's, I have to get back to doing Thursdays because it means something to me. It would la- it would lend itself to being uh, normalcy, and I I need that. I'm not joking when I said I, I've put on sh- I put on shoes once a week if I run to the store. I live my life barefoot or in fucking slippers in my house. Pants. I don't know the last time I put on fucking pants, and I'm, that's not a joke. Wear shorts or just I'll even be in boxer briefs in my house. Who fucking cares? Cause, and, and that's such a bad way to be. It's just not good, and it's taking me over, and I'm trying to fight through it and get away from it. And it's funny, when he when he died this week, I remembered the fire in being alive. But it was the wrong fire. It was the wanting to fight everything and hit everything and move everything and, and be tough and be strong and be immobile. And, uh, you know, I even looked into steroids when I was a kid. I was like, all right, I wanted to go to wrestling school because of them. I wanted to go to fucking Larry Sharp's Monster Factory. And I, I read up on Winstrol and Diana Ball. And I started to read about steroids. And I wondered how I could get them. And I knew there was a dude who went to Romeville High School, this guy, Tom Kiska. And the story, the story was he was on them. And I was like, well, I, I had a connection through Laporta. And I, I it was all these all these different things. I, I just was looking for anything to identify with or to 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 be or make my own because I was drifting and aimless and I didn't know what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, <laughs> 48 years later, uh, or for 38 years later, I, I it's, it's kind of the same feeling. Drifting and aimless and, and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in the world. I don't know what's going to happen in my particular life. And I try to make it small. I try to make it where I can just focus on me, you know, and that's why I said this, this week is trouble to do the show because I, I don't, I, I don't have it in me to be selfish enough to only care about me and mine and what's going to happen. I want to, I would love to just shrug all of what's going on in the world off my fucking back and not fucking worry about it. But I, I, I care too much about it. I shouldn't, but I, it becomes almost like sports in my head that I care about. You know, it's just, uh, it's, it's just there. It won't go away. I'm not going to get rid of it. And 
the injustice and you see people getting fucked over and you see bad things continuing to happen and what happened in Louisville this week and then the fact that Trump gets another justice and you just and you just realize it's over, man. It's over. And so then you try to in your mind go, Well, it's over, which means I can just go ahead and concentrate on myself. But but that's not right. That's not right. So seeing what happened, you know, and he, he and he died at sixty, you know, and once animal died, I, you know, they, they said he died of natural causes and it's because he took the spike forever. You know, the guy was on steroids and he, he was, it, it's funny because Hawk from the road warriors died in 2003. I mean, he died uh, at 46. So animal at least got 14 more years uh, out, of, out of life, but they both lived hard. Uh, you know, Hawk was more of a drug guy and a booze guy animal. I'm sure had fun, but he had it together. I mean, he had, he had a son who played in the NFL. Um, John Laurinaitis was, uh, a lineman for the Rams, a defensive lineman. I think he won the Super Bowl with him, if I remember correctly. And, you know, animal was proud of him and animal was cleaned up and animal. I just last year, my buddy Chuck, who listens to this show, got me animals. I believe it was Chuck who got me animals autobiography autographed and, uh, and gave it to me for Christmas. Um, if it wasn't Chuck, I apologize. It was somebody else. Um, you've all been very generous and sometimes it's hard to keep track, but I, I, you know, I have the book here. I cracked it open, um, Thursday just to look at the photos and, and remember what it was like when I was, uh, 17 and, and everything was wide open and, I was looking for anybody to ape, anybody to follow, any role model I could possibly have in my life. And and, uh, and I realized that 36 years later, I'm in the same spot, looking for a role model, looking for someone to ape, looking for someone to um, model myself after. Um, and, and I don't know what that means. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. You know what? Because you're supposed to, you're supposed to be your own best friend. We've talked about this before. I'm really good with advice for everybody else, and I'll tell them, hey, uh, you know, you got to be kind to yourself because even though this sounds like something out of a book, uh, the one person you will spend your entire life with is you. So when you're alone and it's dark and it's quiet, you have to be happy with the person you're spending time with, and. Uh, and I'm I'm happy with the person I spend time with. I'm disappointed in the person I spend time with, and I find it extremely difficult to motivate the person I spend time with. And and it's it's getting more difficult every fucking day. I wish it wasn't, but it is. But uh, you know, all you can do is soldier on and move forward, and and do that in in no matter what's going on in front of you no matter what loss has fallen behind you. And uh, Animal was a great sense of, uh, a great source of joy for me. Growing up, I would go to the matches and watch him fight. I had, you know what, honestly, one of my fucking most amazing possessions was a Road Warrior sweatshirt, and I have no idea where it is. It's a white sweatshirt, and they're on the front, and it's a transfer of them. So it's not a fucking drawing, because that's the thing, is they have all these fucking things out now, and they're all cartoony and all drawings and stuff, and it's like, no, the whole point was them. They were the badasses, and it was just Animal making a, he was flexing and making a gigantic fucking bicep and hawk behind him looking just fucking crazed and i don't know where it went i i, I can't find it i there's a part, part of me that thinks it's in my fucking storage area out by my carport 
but again, I don't have the combination for that lock, and I don't even want to go in there because I'm sure a rat is wearing it now, and he's going to fucking stare me down, which would be fucking awful because then I get to take on a rat. And I'll tell you what, though, if I see animal's face, I'll be happy to take on a fucking rat. Now, remember, I talked about arming the kangaroos and arming the bears, and everybody's like, yeah, fuck the rats. The rats, they get Podcast! Podcast.